Gotta get get. Gotta get 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 boom boom boom. Gotta get get boom boom boom. Gotta get get boom boom boom. Gotta get get boom boom boom. At least he's not making that, us do that. Boom boom boom. That that boom boom. You don't want to do it? Not really. No, you're nailing it. No, go ahead. You're go ahead. No, you're nailing it. I couldn't. Imagine. <laughs> that's one of my go to. That's one of my stepping on your. This is one of your go to what? That's one of my go-to beatboxing songs. Is that one of your go-to karaoke songs? <laughs> Gotta get get. Imagine someone who's go-to karaoke. It's like I'm right there at the end credits of GI Joe. Yeah. Something or other. He's even kind of doing the club remix that is in the credits. Yeah, that was. You gotta admit that's pretty good. It's pretty. Yeah, it's better than fantastic. I can do. Yeah, let's oh, see. Come on. I said yeah, it's better than I can do. I don't want to do something yeah, bad. Now, now I mean, that you said it, you have to do it. Okay. See, I, I can't even do it. That's how good you are. <laughs> and I guess that's where the theme's Okay. <laughs> Listen, yeah, I just like if you like if you're going to talk if you're going to talk shit you gotta do it. I'm not talking shit. I was saying it's better than I could do. I'm talking shit about myself. Is that what you're saying? Are you saying you got, I have to make myself feel worse? Yeah, about but you're back. But you're backhandedly. But dude, that was backhanded. You're like it's better than I can do. So I was still saying it's not. It's not good. Which of us is is? Well, who I'm in just the black saying. I'm just here? saying that once you've seen a cipher where it is, I like, think I'm Apple D app. What? And. uh... Adam is Fergie. <laughs> Amazing. I'll accept that. I'm happy to be Fergie. Uh, Nara is Will I Am. Is that because I'm part Filipino? Um, no, because I don't think he is. I don't know who's Filipino in that. Actually, <laughs> let me look up. I know there are Filipino members, though. Not that I did, but you could argue I deliberately avoided those, so you wouldn't say that. <laughs> So 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 true of you. Um, Hannah and Funke are both taboo. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Neither of them are here, so it's, it's you know Getting... if we're speaking specifically about this episode. It's like the same amount of impact as taboo has on. The oh Black Eyed come on! Oh, it's burn. so easy to rag on taboo. I don't know I'm just kidding. I'm just keys. kidding. I'm just kidding. I don't even know what impact Who taboo makes or doesn't make. <laughs> I have no clue. I'm not well versed on the Black Eyed Peas. I'm sure taboo makes a big impact. Well, originally it was a rap. This is my understanding. It was a rap group yeah. with Will I Am, Taboo, and Apple D App, and then the the record label added Fergie. And they then, had a they had another singer before Fergie. Oh really? There was like You're a, on the Wikipedia, there was like though. a little like Vice doc or something that Rylan sent <laughs> to me about it, and then I never watched it. Sorry, Rylan, but. <laughs> But I just mean Taboo and Apple D app had a defined role. They were actually rappers in the group. And then as they became more and more a pump, uh, pop yeah. group, and then eventually kind of like an electric, like, 
almost like club group, but not really. They just they went got through less a lot of changes. They're like they were like the Beatles of the two thousands. Yeah, exactly. In terms of quality. Well, yeah, absolutely. Um, have you but guys I mean, listened to the Black Eyed Peas? They didn't even have rap verses by the end. You know. I know. They would just kind of. I, I think they do again. Once in a while. Fer- Fergie's not in the group anymore, I believe. No, and they went back to she, more she uh, former traditional rap music. Former is that any good? I don't know. I haven't listened to it. Um. <laughs> What podcast is this? Um, I don't know. Well, would you like me to answer your question? Sure. I don't know anything. I can't answer this question. I just need you to throw to me at some <laughs> point. Uh, this is Is It Whack, your favorite movie podcast, where we talk about the whackness of movies. Uh uh we're in the midst of a miniseries (laughs) whack could mean good or bad or anything else on whatever it depends on that given day and it could mean anything to anyone it's so it's such a malleable term you know you can really you can stretch and pull it you can you can take off it's 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 letters and then rearrange them you know you could say like uh you're trying to think of an anagram right now. <laughs> this is why we need. This is why we need fucking. Are there any anagrams for whack? I don't think there are. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Adam. Don't call me GI Adam, ever. <laughs> we are also joined by Nara. Hello. And Seb. Hello, Fantas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bringing that back. I I'm guess. bringing it back. I want to introduce something here. I want to say something because Sebi this will the be a, deck a, a, <laughs> This will be a brief window where this is true. I believe I'm one of three people on Earth who has listened to every episode of Is It Whack right now. Woo! Who are the other two? I'm, Adam I'm one would of be them. one of them, and then I think the other one is David Silva. <laughs> yes! Woo! I don't, that's not confirmed. But when we talked to David, Adam and I had a, a nice phone call with David where we did kind of an informal interview. And he was referencing all kinds of different episodes and talking about re-listening. I had a feeling he listened to every single one. David, please confirm. David. And anyone else, you. if that's true? AC, Ryan, Luca. Oh, it could be EC. I think EC probably has. Well, maybe I'm one of four people then. If 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 that's true, please let us know. And uh, we sorry. love everyone. Even if it's not true, I want to say just say that you yeah, have and just we'll say it. Right. tell us it is. Don't make us just feel tell better. us it is. <laughs> hey, we love all of our listeners, no matter how many episodes you've listened to. But if you've listened to all of them, you get you're in a you're in an exclusive club. You know, it's, you're and you're, you're exclusive better than everyone else. I'm not even in that club. So. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's weird, now. like, even the other three, <laughs> you know, co-hosts of this show aren't in that club. That's it's so It's, it's so interesting. Strange. It's just funny how that happens. Yeah. But to be fair, I was not in that club until a couple days ago, and I won't be in that club for a long time because of the way I listen to podcasts. Cycle through and yeah, catch up and then, and then come back. Just listen to it weekly. Then you don't have to catch up. I don't but understand. But this is why. how this is how it works in my brain. I want to okay, be caught okay, up. Okay, and okay, then... yeah. All right, okay, okay. I get it. I get it. I get it. I'll be. We're back. missing two of our co-hosts today. Funke and Hannah are not here. But hey, we got the three of us. This is gonna be a great episode, <laughs> right? Woo! Yeah. 
Yeah. There's a lot of great episodes, just the three of us. Mario, recently. Super Mario Bros. Mm-hmm. Super Some Mario of those Bros. early ones. Kate so Fear good. and Uncle Drew. So good. Oh, those are those and are head. classics. And Head. Those are classics. They literally classics. We got the Super Mario team here. <laughs> great. <laughs> I'm so happy. Um, gotta get get. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> totally. What's your favorite Black Eyed Peas song? I Just only real know quick before we start. that song and Where's the Love? Like I love. No, you know. If you I played, got a feeling. Okay, I know that song too. If you played Black Eyed Peas songs for me, I'd be like, I be know that night. song, but I can't Sorry? recall any off the top of my head besides Where's the Love. I'm a big. I'm a big fan. I mean, I like Where's the Love. I was huge into the album that. <laughs> Came out with Boom Boom Pow and I Got a Feeling for some reason. That was like one of the first oh, yeah. albums I ever bought because it was in grade six. I think it's called the E-N-D. Absolutely right? it was. I still like a lot <laughs> of songs like uh, Meet Me Halfway. It's a nice oh, song. Oh yeah, that song. Meet Me Halfway. We play, uh, that yeah, was playing I actually at work re- one day. I liked that, that album good. as well when I was younger. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I if haven't I'd listened like it to it now. in a long time. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't know if it holds up, but I liked it a lot when I was in like I feel like no like seven or eight whenever whenever that came out. <laughs> Meet Me Halfway was okay. That was a great mid- Great middle school dance album. Like, it just played Perfect. at all the middle school dances. I was in grade three or something when it came out. Grade three? Or something. What, Are there what, grade three what, dances? What year did it come out? <laughs> 2009. 2009? I was eight? So, yeah, that's about right. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, I guess that's not that different than like grade was, six. First school dance I remember having was in grade five, I think. Mine was grade seven really well because hmm. my elementary school went up to no way maybe it was grade six i, I don't was know grade six actually you're right i don't remember i think it but, was grade six i think it was grade six actually this is all taking me back to the year that was 2009 not a particularly great year in my experience but i remember going to the theater some friends my friend Stuart was there i ran in, into him in the park Shut today up. in fact Shout oh, out. Hey, Stuart. And I bet wow. a bunch That's of other friends were there. That's actually kind of a wild coincidence. Yeah. We live close together. That's how, just <laughs> how Toronto yeah, is. <laughs> it gets nice and then everybody's suddenly everywhere. Yeah, he was walking his dog. Yeah, but to run into the very person that no, you that's... saw this film with <laughs> on the day that, you know, and it's not like you like... Sure. I don't know how close you are with Stuart to this day. I've never heard of Stuart before. so I you never heard of him? I think I've heard of Stuart on this no. podcast before. When have you mentioned Stuart? <laughs> what context? I'm pretty sure you We're mentioned Stuart elementary before. School. We... Okay, tell me one, <laughs> tell me one time you Okay, I'm going to tell you one time. The time his brother was in one of your movies. Oh, yeah. Actually, true. <laughs> true, true. I do remember Stuart now. I feel really bad. Stuart, I'm really sorry. Stuart? Stuart, I'm really sorry. Stuart, Adam is going to send you a care package. Stuart, I wouldn't please. have mentioned it if you my apology. such a big deal, such a, a royal <laughs> <laughs> incident. Just I just wanted to point out that this was a wild coincidence. It's, this is not... This I is won't not deny magic. Pass by like it's, it was a cool like it's not magic. I won't, I won't deny it. I won't deny so it true. Magic. So true, homies. Now I feel yeah, like we we on. cut you off a bunch of times yelling at each other. No, I Is was. <laughs> I don't even remember what I was gonna say now. Oh, I was gonna ask: Does Stuart listen to this? I doubt it. I I would be thrilled if he did. I welcome it. Oh my god! Uh, maybe I'll ask him next time. <laughs> Beautiful. 
Uh, if Stuart listens to this podcast, <laughs> Stuart's gonna stop wow. listening to this podcast after this moment. <laughs> Stuart, I dinner. just want to say I'm really sorry that I I forgot the times when Seb has mentioned you in the past. Yeah, because you're making me look bad too. When, when I know, I know, I I'm taking the blame. I retract. I retract everything I said. Remember how good his brother was the in the movie? He was really good. He was really good when he was holding the popsicle and then it melts. Yeah. So, good. <laughs> so funny. Oh, <laughs> uh, anyway. Anyway, so, I remember it well. At the AMC Young and Dundas. Remember, it used to be wow. AMC in I the do. brief window when AMC tried to move over to Canada, or at least Toronto. I don't really know what they're up to, but I don't not remember. <laughs> and it was this cool new theater where it had all these like movie quotes on the floor and like all these weird paintings of like the strangest movies they could have picked for each director. You know that about that theater? Like they have like a photo of a director and then like yeah. one of their movies and they're yeah. odd choices. Like almost all of them are very strange. Yeah, for like Spike Lee, it's Mo Better Blues, which is so bizarre. <laughs> I mean, it's a great film. It's a great film, but it's not like one of the first 10 films you think of when you think of Spike Lee. I don't even know what that film is. I'm There's other ones too. It's really good. Denzel, Denzel plays a trumpeter. Nice. amazing it's really good i feel like they might even be like legal issues because like die hard 3 is up on the like big hero <laughs> and it's like <laughs> that's like a good movie but <laughs> it's a weird choice who else is on who else is on the wall it's like coppola and they have like dracula or something <laughs> oh great choice perfect choice <laughs> it's like coppola's made like four of the most famous movies no ever. that's the only good film he's ever made <laughs> I don't think it's Dracula, but like there are a lot of like weird things. Anyway, anyway. you're at, you're at the AMC, <laughs> and uh, I was in grade six, summer. Me and Stuart, probably other people, but Stuart's the one I distinctly remember. We went and saw GI Joe: Rise of Cobra, and I not only thought had a nice time, I was like, this is a good movie, and I remembered it. <laughs> Since then, as a good movie, and my rating on Letterboxd was three and a half stars from that memory. And I was like, not like that crap, Transformers. This is a real movie. <laughs> is it? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's just things happening on a screen. And arguably not a movie. <laughs> like, that is actually so true. <laughs> um. Yeah. It's just endless stuff. It's, uh, it's. I will get into it, but the director is the director of the Mummy movies. Is that and... why Brendan Fraser was in it so briefly? Yes. Okay. And um, I got the exact same feeling I got with those two movies. Yes. It's like, I'm kind of I enjoying agree. it for a while. And then at the end, I have a headache. <laughs> I'm actually... I ha- yeah. I watch nonstop violence, people. You know this about me. And this is making my head hurt. Just watching this with no rhyme or reason. It was really, all the action sequences, I was just very confused. Like, I was actually just very confused. Like, I knew there was violence. And I knew the violence was happening for a reason, but I could not track what the violence was. Yes. I was so so lost. And I agree. I feel the exact same way about the Mummy movies. I'm just like, okay, things are happening. Some of it's cool, I guess. I What is happening again? And then I get to the end of the movie and I'm, my... I am like, okay, I am <laughs> moving on now to back to my life. Just so- 
Okay, well, actually, I'll save my points if you want to summarize the movie first. Or if you want to talk... Well, there's a lot... Wait, can I just say something real quick before you go into the summary? Yes. Just based off of what you said. I feel like I I have movies like that that I loved so much when I was in middle school <laughs> that I'm terrified of returning to because I'm like... It's probably so bad, but I just want to remember it as being really good. Mm-hmm. Can't even think of something off the top of my head, I guess. But I'm like, do I really want to watch this again and realize that it sucks? Or do I want my memory of it to be, that was a pretty good time. Yeah, every once in a while you're like going through Netflix or like something or like looking through your DVD collection. And you're like, oh yeah, that movie, I I used to really enjoy that movie. And then you like read the synopsis of it and you're like, maybe I'll just leave that in the in the <laughs> vault to enjoy the nostalgia of. I don't need to relive the nostalgia. I mean, that's the classic mistake I made. I actually thought it was going to be good still. I don't know why. I mean, I suspected, but yeah, I I feel like that's, yeah. I really wish for your sake that it was good still, and I'm so sorry it let you down. I mean, I think it's a beautiful philosophy of like, I had the time where I saw it and I enjoyed it. Maybe I should have left it. But I'm still grateful for that time. I remember having a great day watching it. I'm still glad that happened. I'm grateful to the filmmakers for giving me that day. If I don't get another day like that from this movie, that's okay. (laughs) It happened. (laughs) And in a way, wasn't the movie successful because you were able to enjoy it at some point in your life? I was the target demo. I mean, (laughs) this movie is absolutely for 12-year-old boys. (laughs) Uh, I imagine you two don't have a deep prior history with this film. Unfortunately, no. Um, no, I do not. I do not. I don't even like the letters G and I. <laughs> yeah, this is no. I I literally don't. Can I just say, I, the entire just kidding, they're fine. The letters. entire time I was watching this movie, there is a person that one of my friends calls gentrification Joe because they own like a gentrifying business um so that's all I could think of when I heard the letters G.I. Joe I was like gentrification Joe um shout out wow so yeah that's that that is what that's your that's the extent of your history that's the extent of my history I have more of a history with G.I. Joe the toy because my dad had a bunch and he still has one oh that I could probably go grab but I don't really want to break it that has, like, it's, like, a camping one or, like, a, a ranger, like, a park ranger. Because all G.I. Joes are, like, somehow... Law enforcement. A, or like, army. law enforcement in some capacity. Um, but it has, like, a, a box in it where you can pull the string and it talks. But it's so old that the speaker barely works. So it just is, like, horrifying sounds that come out of this guy. <laughs> and, like, he had, like, hair and a beard that were made out of, like felt or something but it's all kind of falling out um and like coming like coming off and turning to dust so he's like he's just like sitting up on a shelf right now next to a gi joe horse um <laughs> and every once in a while my dad pulls him out and is like oh yeah this guy talks and then it's just like a horrible like muffled man voice that happens so this is like a really old toy this is from like, no the it's 50s like or... from like the 70s when my father was a child okay yeah, I can't imagine, like, even an 80s toy having, like, a felt beard. Yeah. No, it's That's a... Wild. It's an I, old G.I. Joe. I had no history with the toys or cartoons. Uh, did anyone... I tried to watch the cartoon once in high no, school. No. 
And the first line of the entire series is it like a plane is landing on a G.I. Joe base and it almost hits the main character and he dives out of the way and then he yells at the pilot, you scared the mustard out of me, you crazy <laughs> hot dog. And that's the first line of the entire series. And as a kid, I thought it was going to be cool. And I was like, I can't deal with this. That's so perfect. <laughs> that's, kind of a, that's kind of a good line. That's kind of the tone that I wish this movie was. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, Okay. So good. <laughs> uh, no, I never, I never had any relationship with it either. I never played with GI Joe toys, which uh, I'm, I'm happy about. Uh, <laughs> this is kind of a, a interesting movie to talk about after having done an episode on Small Soldiers, because we were talking about how like toys like GI Joe are the sorts of toys that like they're you know critiquing in mm-hmm. Small Soldiers. These military propaganda toys that are designed to normalize the army and i guess other forms of law enforcement as the good guys i don't know what other gi joe toys there are but it sounds like they got park ranger and whatever all the other toys but it's like um, a navy officer you know yeah they're yeah, very specific yeah. about each character's like role in the army and right. i feel like they're kind of like broken down to their role like there's no humanity beyond right, like what right. they do on the team just kind of right. what the movie is a little yeah but yeah, no, it's just, it's, uh, yeah, I guess that's the end of my point. It's interesting to talk about it in, um, uh, after having that discussion about Small Soldiers. A great movie that critiques all of this, whereas G.I. Joe I don't kind know. of just is, is. <laughs> I mean, it's so, it's, I don't know. It's it's, so, it doesn't it's, even commit I guess enough it's not to just, being. Yeah, I know. That's the thing. That's what I was going to say. Like, I can't even really be mad about it, <laughs> about it being like military propaganda, because it's just so bad <laughs> I was like, like i guess it is it is if you really take like a you know macro look at the film it does feel like it is military propaganda the only but also like who would who would be uh <laughs> inspired by this film <laughs> the only to join the military that i could grab like the only stance that i could kind of grab from the film was that <laughs> capitalism is bad but the military is good well I feel like a lot of the things... I heard someone say this about the Marvel movies. I think it's true of a lot of American blockbusters and American movies in general. It's the problem is never the system. The problem is one person yeah. who is bad, who they have to kill, yeah. and then everything's fine. <laughs> it's like one bad apple, but it's still, like, entrusting that, it, you know, yeah, the system itself, It'll work itself uh, works and functions. and Yeah, exactly. And we got to get... If we just get rid of the the bad people then we'll go back to having this great functioning system yes back so to normal true. never positive change always back exactly. to the status quo so true uh anyway summary go Can ahead I have a song yeah. gotta get get <laughs> oh oh <laughs> gotta get seb gotta get seb song oh shit i messed it up you uh, had it anyway you, you know where i was going with that <laughs> Actually, no, I think I owe it to the audience yeah, to pay it off. Okay. Got a seb seb. Got a seb 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 summary. Seb summary. Corner. Yeah, something like that. Woo! Yeah, that's good. <laughs> I'm just on edge because I feel like Nara's going to like say it wasn't good. Nara you know was what? It was amazing. Before. I was, was just the... trying to get her to beatbox. <laughs> it, it was the best thing I've ever heard. Thanks, um, Nara. Thank you. You're so welcome. 
I know that everybody just wants my validation because my validation is the highest honor. <laughs> yes, that's all I wanted. Because I can certify people I got Seb's, cool. but it was like, I get Seb's validation all the time. Yeah. yeah. Seb's, always, Seb's always telling me how that's good I am at beatboxing. I'm glad. I'm glad you feel that way about our friendship. Speaking of friendship, <laughs> not really present in the film G.I. <laughs> Joe Rise of Cobra. Instead... Uh, this is going to be a real challenge. Uh, like, okay. <laughs> Things do happen in this film. Yeah, Maybe. so much stuff happens. Like, too, it's just... Way too it's much. It's kind of just plot. Um, uh, is it... His name's Duke, right? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. There's Duke. Du- there's Ripcord. Yes. Um, Duke and Ripcord <laughs> are two uh, soldiers in the U.S. military who are assigned to guard a warhead which contains nanomites which can eat metal and they're thus very dangerous for cities uh yeah, they're they spread yeah you can, like they... shoot the nanomites they're like a bunch of bugs <laughs> you shoot at them and then they all like eat I swear. they eat the freaking eiffel tower at one point yeah i swear is that not just like a plot point in so many films like is this not a type of weapon in other films maybe i think it's visualized in kind of a different way in this movie yeah maybe a little anyway uh they convoy is attacked and duke and ripcord are uh recruited into the top secret gi joe's a group of international but also very americanized uh military personnel who are fighting a arms dealer a a Celtic arms dealer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Woo! Um, very pointedly Celtic. <laughs> they make that very clear. One of the most interesting things in the movie, uh, I think. Anyway, uh, a Celtic arms dealer who has in his employ possibly Duke's ex-wife um, and a mysterious scientist. <laughs> mysterious with... Yes, quote-unquote, they might have something to do with Duke's past. And the G.I. Joe's just kind of chase those people around for the whole movie. Um, and it very much feels like someone playing with toys. <laughs> it totally does. It totally yeah, does. Yeah, it really does. Um, <laughs> and I, I feel like, like there's things that happen later, but that's kind of the movie. That that's the core of it, I'd I'd say. It's kind of just endlessly throwing characters and scenarios at each other. And all these all these backstory flashbacks, which <laughs> I don't mind in theory. Like I kinda you know, there's some fun in that when it's like two people punch each other and then it goes into their backstory together. Oh, some hilarious a- stuff comes from like i've i'm i'm all for that in a movie like i think that's a great idea but it's just like when the main through line is already so convoluted and like makes no sense then you're just (laughs) piling on you're just piling on the poo it's like this is a this is a giant it's a stupid action blockbuster it shouldn't be this impossible to understand what's happening i love that they were like how do we get the audience to care about this character who does not talk and whose face you cannot see. Let's just make his entire storyline <laughs> flashbacks. 
Snake Eyes' storyline is bonkers. Like, the, the origin and, like, the way it pays off, and it's absurd. I'm also like, of course the good guy is this, like, little white kid who is homeless in Korea for, for some reason. Yeah, <laughs> explained so reasons. bad. <laughs> the most I laugh, the most I enjoyed the movie, the hardest I laugh is, like, I think we have to go through character by character, probably. But when... They're in the big fight, and then um, Storm Shadow calls Snake Eyes' brother. And then after the fight, Duke just walks up and pats him on the back and goes, I guess we're both seeing ghosts, huh? And then walks away. And doesn't mention to anyone that this ninja is his brother. Yeah, like, isn't that, like, also a main thing that they established at the beginning of the film? They are like, intel is important. Yeah, and it's like, I, like... I guess it's supposed to be, like, this lighthearted moment. It just played so strange to me. Like, both of you are in, like, this intense psychological pain from having to fight your loved ones. And it's like, oh, I guess you're seeing ghosts as well, buddy. What? (laughs) (laughs) Also, so every comedic beat in this film just does not land. I don't think there's a single comedic beat in this film that lands. Because the whole thing feels so, like, over-serious. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, I, there there are attempts at humor. It's not like it's, like, a, you know, completely. It's not like Blade or something where it's, like, yeah, so. Yeah, it's not trying to be, like, Blade serious. or, like, Dark Knight or something where it's just, like, it's, yeah, so completely serious. Take this seriously. Like, it's supposed to be fun, I guess, but <laughs> I don't know. They It still feels like they're taking the entire thing way too seriously. Well, I, I'm torn on that front, I think, because. I think Marvel and the Marvel style has kind of made everything into like this endless joke fest. And so when you see an older blockbuster, you're kind of like, where are the jokes? Even if there are jokes. But I, but I also at the same time, like there are things that are very funny and fun that the movie plays so straight and so like uncreatively that it just, it really sucks the fun out. Like when he's speaking Celtic to, shoot the missiles like with the voice like that's very strange but there's no like i don't know not that you have to make a joke out of it but it's just like yeah missed opportunities i feel like well it's also one of those things where i was like i'm just like not just not to be like fast and furious is the greatest action franchise ever (laughs) but i'm like this came out after fast and furious like could you not take some pointers? I know it's, like, sort of, like, a different scale of things, but could you not take pointers from, like, at least the team dynamic for that? Yeah. yeah. Compared to this, where it's, like, where it's just, like, oh, uh, yeah. And the Fast movies are fun without them being just, like, you know, joke fests, people standing around just making quips at each other. Mm-hmm. I guess these, the, I guess the ones I'm thinking about would have come out. After. After G.I. Joe, yeah. Rise yeah. of Cobra, like. But, but you know, still, like, I think that's, I guess, closer to the tone that I would have uh, wanted from this. And yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I know what you mean. Like, I don't I, I don't want them necessarily just standing around, like, making quips. But even in, like, the visual language of it, I guess, like, everything mm-hmm. just looks so boring uh, in such a silly, like, heightened movie where, like, you know, people are putting on, like, super gi joe suits and they can then just like like crashing through buildings and stuff and like jumping through trains and it 
it never feels fun and none of it ever feels fun that's so yeah. true yeah i mean i think the movie's bad I, i'm not defending it at all but i just like trying to put it in in the very specific context like even fast and furious this is the same year as the fourth one which is the one where they like tried to get serious oh my god yeah they're trying to yeah, make the it most dark nighty the worst one yeah <laughs> definitely the worst one yeah um so yeah i think it's just interesting to look back on a, a movie that I think has aged poorly and, and going, like, what are the cues they're trying to take? Was 2009 just a bad year for movies? Like, what movies came out in 2009? Uh, I don't think so. Oh, my computer's going to die. Um, I gotta look at my 2009 list. Yeah, I wanna look at my 2009 list. I don't have 2009 I'm trying list. to think, like, in terms of blockbusters. I'm just going um, through 2009 on Letterboxd. It was like, oh my like god, this really Nine. was Joseph Gordon-Levitt's year. Oh, wow. What a, what a casting choice here. <laughs> it, that was when 500 Days of Summer came out. <laughs> Watchmen. It was two thousand and nine, right? Watchmen is out. X Men Origins Wolverine. Zombieland. Yeah, maybe pretty bad Bastards. year for blockbuster. Actually, Sherlock Holmes. It out like that. I don't mind Sherlock Holmes or like Zombieland, but they're not like great. <laughs> yeah, and it's like all the movies Cla- that I'm cloudy like, with a chance of meatballs. Twenty twelve. Star Trek is fun. You know, Star Trek was pretty fun. Um. But yeah, Jennifer's pretty body. rough Gen- Okay, but I'm trying to see like what are like the blockbusters. Jennifer's yeah, body no, yeah, wasn't yeah. a blockbuster. Obviously, great movies. Like, I know. Yeah, but Avatar. I'm just movies that came out that year. Julie and Julia. That film rules. Coraline. Sorry. Yeah, no, we're talking about blockbusters. No, Nara. I think you're right. Like abysmal. Like ter- you mean Terminator Salvation? Like pretty abysmal I, I th- year. I think for, for like action movies, it American was like not really the year for it. Yeah. Um. It was maybe, I don't even know if I could necessarily say it's a bad year. It's just a very forgettable year yeah. for film. I, I would say it's a bad year for, for action blockbusters. I, I'll I'll stick up for watching. Oh my god. Kind of interesting. Paul Blart Mall Cop? Paul Blart Mall Cop. The one shining example. <laughs> Hannah Montana's movie? <laughs> the one light. <laughs> I have a suggested structure that I think I just already kind of said. But okay. I think... I was mm. going to say fascinating. Fascinating is a little, maybe a bit of hyperbole, but I think the cast is the most interesting thing about this movie to me. And one thing that it stuck out to me in my memory of like, is it really like all of those people? Like, I, I think it's a really interesting mix. Yeah, let's do it. Can I just say that the one, one thing, just as we're talking about the seriousness and the tone of it, mm-hmm. it's just like, it's a movie where like, you know, government officials are very seriously saying like, we need to call in the Joes. <laughs> and that's never, and it's never funny. It's never supposed to be funny. Every that's time, the funniest every thing. Every time I say Howard there's the Joes, I'm just like. There, there's this like special ops unit in the military called the G.I. Joes. And it's not, it's okay. not a joke. Also, the thing is, is like G.I. Joe, like the name G.I. Joe for like the, the action figure was. Because, like, G.I. was a thing. Like, being a G.I. was a thing. And then they called him G.I. Joe because right. he would just be, like, an everyday Joe. He'd be, like, an everyman. Right. So G.I. Right. Joe is a specific person. Just <laughs> just saying. Well, not to get into it, but in the sequel, which I think is even worse in my memory. Than Does this, Joe come out? Is there a yeah, Joe? Yeah, Bruce Willis plays G.I. Joe. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, they're making me That sounds they're terrible. Making, they're releasing another G.I. Joe movie this year. Did you see? What? Yeah, it's like a backstory one, a, a, okay. allegedly according to Letterboxd. G.I. Joe's well, spin-off really... centered around the character of Snake Eyes. Snake Eyes, okay, G.I. Joe sure. Origins. Okay, that's going to be great, I'm sure. But, like, it's... <laughs> who, who does, who does uh, 
Dwayne the Rock Johnson play. <laughs> okay, well, that's the thing. It's a pretty loose series anyway. Like, I feel like the first one, this is just my guess, but just barely made enough money to justify a sequel because the sequel is very much like, it was released in like, I feel like like February or something. I went to see it. It was a noticeably lower budget. It's kind of a vehicle for the rock. A lot of the characters are missing. Channing is there but dies at the very beginning and it feels like, oh, we didn't mm. think he'd be such a big star, so we added... Like, right. there's there's a bunch of extra scenes with him at the beginning before he dies that feel like they were maybe added in. Um, and a lot of the characters are not back. Like, most yeah. of them. It's, also, like, pretty much just Snake Eyes. And... But the Riz is in it. Yeah, Riz is in it for, like, a second. I love Riz. I don't think he's a particularly good actor. Um, I but see. he's only in it for, like, one scene. It's directed by John Chu. Yeah, there's the some set in- pieces would be good if you have John Chu. Yeah, I remember loving the the trailer. Um, there's a fight with ninjas on a mountainside, and in the trailer, it's, it's set to a dubstep remix of uh, White Stripes. Yes. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say boom boom pow. I stand by that trailer as being awesome. I'm gonna watch it after we um, finish this. My my take on John Chu from the like little that i know of him which is basically seeing now you see me to step up and then i have not even seen gi joe literally just those two movies is like yeah he he makes things look pretty nice yeah that's what i mean like i, I just think crazy rich asians which is like a pretty good movie mm-hmm. I, I just think it has a great sense of scale and great sense of yeah. like uh I, yeah i guess scale is the best word like it's not really like set pieces in crazy rich asians but it's definitely like a spe- like a visual spectacle and I would have thought yeah. that at least, and just, I know obviously none of us have seen In the Heights yet, but all the stuff in the trailer just looks like it's going to be a, at least a very inventive visual thing. So I just I, expected like there would at least be, you know, interesting set pieces and action and G.I. Joe retaliation, but maybe not. <laughs> I vaguely remember the ninja fight. I think it was still cool in the actual movie. I more remember it from the trailer. Okay, I have a, I have a question. This is unrelated. Okay. Um, but is this the actual, like, G- like this letterbox poster? Is this the actual G.I. Joe poster? Because it looks horrible. Yeah, no, that's the real poster. <laughs> <laughs> of the first one? But yeah. What do you mean? It's got it's, it's like, got the good guys and the bad guys. You got the, 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 the orange and the blue. Are so awkwardly oh, posed and so poorly lit that it looks like they're photoshopped <laughs> from other images into the poster. I like that there's also the Eiffel Tower in the background. Orange and blue was the oh, maybe big... I'm look- um, maybe I'm looking at a different poster, actually. I'm, I'm looking at the letterboxed one. That was the big action oh, yeah, movie thing, was, was orange and blue posters. I think Transformers was a big one. I don't know if it started it, but... This movie is very much, like, trying to go, like, this is Transformers, please come and see it. <laughs> For whatever right. reason. Right, I guess that's... Yeah, I guess that's the other interesting film to kind of put it in uh, uh, conversation with, like... They were just trying to be Transformers... But Transformers doesn't... It's been so long since I've seen it. I saw it in, like, 2008, whatever year it came out. Mm-hmm. From what I remember, it's not, like, super convoluted and plot-heavy and confusing like this. It's, like, I think here's it some is. big toys. Is like, it? It okay. is. Well, it's been a on, long time. It is on top of, like... I feel like it's similar to this and like... Um, it's very complicated but impossible to understand. And they director doesn't seem to care about what's right. happening or if you can follow what's happening he just wants to blow stuff up but it is like all of them are very convoluted and keep um, up yeah the, just the style is so much more distinct in those like at least it's like 
I know people complain about Michael Bay and it's not a good dude, it seems, or whatever, but it seems like at least a, you can tell it's him. Like, there's no one else who makes movies yeah. like that. And yeah. here, it could really be anybody. The thing about just, okay, I, I understand that, like, from a creative perspective, if it's like, yeah, who cares if it, if it makes sense? We're just going to do, we're just going to blow stuff up and, you know, have cool action scenes and stuff. But I don't think, like, I, okay, I think across the board throughout the entire film, the editing is very, very bad. Uh, it's, <laughs> for this movie. It's, for, Gia, for this movie, yeah. I think it's very much like it's a lot of fast things happening. It's very aggressive cutting, there's which so isn't much inherently, cutting. there's so much cutting, like which so isn't much. inherently a bad thing. But it's never like, you know, your eye is drawn over here and then we're going to cut really quick. But at least you know going into the next shot, like, okay, this is where your focus needs to be. Uh, so that when you are cutting quick, it's like, you know, your eye is ready for where you're going to look next. It's a lot of like, oh, we have something over here. And then we have something over here. And we have something over here and over here. And even in conversation scenes, it's like we're cutting from like 10 different angles in like all these different places. where I never know like where I'm supposed to look when a shot starts. So it's like I'm getting readjusted. And then all of a sudden we're cutting away already. It's it's so frustrating to watch. And it and in action scenes, it like it swallows the scenes it's you know because there's cool there's cool choreography there's moments where there's really cool choreography where like they're actually using things in the environment for mm -hmm. you know action beats for fight beats that are creative and cool and interesting but the constant cutting and ah, it's ah, it's so frustrating yeah the wait i have one i have one editing moment that i really liked <laughs> I okay. I like the match cut between the jet plane and then the underwater thing. That was cool. I thought that I, was I did cool. notice that as well. Um it was it's like the towards the end. I that was like but I also thought like it was cool but it did not match the rest of the movie. It was like it kind of seemed like a TV show transition the way it was used almost because it was just like not something Because it was the one good cut. <laughs> it was the one good cut. I was like, "Oh, weird." Like I expected there to be like a music cue and for the scene to change tone. Um but that was like the one good cut. Um, it didn't gel because it seemed like it was from a good movie. <laughs> yeah, that, that's it. That's like actually it. But yeah, I will say I also remember when they did the like Hitchcock thing, I guess, where it was like the fight outside when they first, like right before they get introduced to the G.I. Joes and there's the, or when the G.I. Joes are first introduced and there's the gun on the ground and it cuts the gun and then just zooms in on it and then like cuts back to like them scrambling for the gun. Um, oh, yeah. Which I thought was really funny because it's like all these things where you're like, oh, that is like how you're actually supposed to edit a movie or how like movies are traditionally <laughs> edited. And then they do them once <laughs> and never do them again and they just do bad editing for the rest of it. Not even that it's like there's a good, like yeah. not even necessarily that you have to follow these conventions to make a good movie. No, no. But I'm like, mm. if you're gonna like, like this movie's so confusing that it's like just do the conventional thing and it may not be interesting but it, at least i'll be able to like tell what's happening yeah i know i agree with that completely i mean I, yeah i don't mean to suggest there's like a right way to edit or a wrong way to edit and there's a lot of films that i love with like very very aggressive editing like my favorite movie speed racer it's super super quick cut but you know and i'm probably just repeating my point now but that's a movie where it's like it gets away with being really quick cutting and never gets exhausting because it always knows exactly like where you're going to be looking for the next cut. It knows that like, if we have to cut, if we're cutting a bunch of fast shit together, 
then like you have to be really conscious that it's not going to be exhausting to like reset every time you see a new image. Um, it's a it's a tricky thing to do and to pull off. Uh, and I think it is not pulled off here at all, uh, unfortunately. I would Even in action scenes. Yeah, I would have I mean, to. Action scenes and conversation scenes, they're both really <laughs> What yeah. what scenes do you think are edited well in this movie? Okay, <laughs> I I have an argument. Uh, well, okay, not sure, editing, sure. but there's one scene that I think is kind of functional. Anyway, <laughs> um, I was gonna say this is the most overrepeated trivia fact in history, but uh, on Mad Max Fury Road, one of the great action movies ever made, um, famously they put a crosshairs on the camera to find the middle of the frame and put as many shots as possible in the action scenes in the middle of the frame, so your eye would not have to adjust. And that movie, so right. much crazy shit is happening, but you can see, you know exactly w what they want you to be looking at, and so you can understand the story. And yeah, anyway, this is that's it's a really unfair good example. To and it compare, also, but <laughs> no, yeah, well, that's one of the best. But it, then it also makes the moments where you decide to scale back on the editing like really work. You're like, oh damn, like the moment where Furiosa, you know, falls to her knees, uh, mm -hmm. and it's that's one of the longest shots in the film, from what I remember. I'm sure. If you put a clock to it, it's I'm probably wrong, but it feels like one of the longest shots in the film, and and the emotional impact hits so hard because you're like, wow, I'm so used to all this kinetic, fast paced editing, and then once you just take a pause, it's like, oh my god, yeah, this this is this is amazing. Does this? Yeah, it feels like the difference between like using that technique very deliberately versus using it because you don't want the audience to get bored. <laughs> and you're yeah. Like, yeah. you didn't shoot absolutely the scene properly or whatever i would say the one action scene that kind of works and i wouldn't make a big argument or anything but the paris chase at least you know yeah. where they're I going agree. you yeah. understand they're going to the tower early on in the chase you can see how the different characters are trying to get to the tower you can see how far ahead the villains are mostly when the villains split up you're like okay one of them has the missile and one of them has the device that turns it off and then you see how the heroes split up to chase. Like, I wouldn't make an argument for it being a great scene or anything, but it. in that scene, I was, like, actually rooting for them to do something, and it was the only scene where I felt yeah. like I knew what they were trying to do. <laughs> That's. It. I also think the, the part of that, like, scene that works the best, or that I found was, like, the best, like, looking, like, focusing on, like, just, like, action... Like just like the these like or focusing on the stunts that were happening was when Snake Eyes was on top of the truck jumping the cars, yeah. and but I also think that works because it's like they're not cutting it to, between close-ups and wides rapidly. You just see the wide shot of the action, mm -hmm. which makes it one look cooler because yeah. you're like, wow, that's such a cool thing that he just did. Oh, is he gonna make it? But then also it's like I can like like you're saying with the rest of the scenes, like oh, I know what's happening right now. Yeah, I think that might be partially due to Snake Eyes being played by a stuntman for the entire movie, since you know so he has true. no lines. Stuntman Ray Park, also oh, a yeah. weird dude in real oh. life, but a very cool stuntman. Oh. Also, also played Darth Maul. Hell yeah, oh. Darth Maul, one of the best Star Wars characters with red and black face paint and little bumpies on the head. <laughs> Definitely in the top five. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Darth Maul, one of the, the best Star Wars characters with two lightsaber ends coming out of one middle part. Yep. One of the best guys to get chopped in half. Yeah, totally. 
Uh, he's also Toad in the first X-Men. He was the first stuntman where I actually knew who he There's was. There's a character named Toad in the first yeah, X-Men? Yeah, he's crazy. I, see, I, I'm actually a fan of the X-Men movies. I think they are better than people give them credit for. He, he's a subject wow. of the famous line, do you know what happens when a Toad gets hit by lightning? Same as everything else. <laughs> and then she hits him with lightning. It's famously bad line. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say famously great line. It actually sounds really Famously well, is it's memorable. Line. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Famous I line. I feel like we should go character by character, cast member by cast member, because I'm fascinated by this cast. Oh, all right. Let's do it. But but can we do a quick um, production logo corner? Uh, okay. I've never seen the Hasbro <laughs> oh logo God, at the Hasbro start of a movie before. It was so funny that they made the Hasbro, they had the Hasbro, Hasbro logo, and they tried to make it look like hardcore, but the, like, <laughs> yeah. the fun Hasbro yeah. font. <laughs> it is in the Transformers movies, but it's always ridiculous. Oh, true. That makes it. sense. That makes sense. Oh, it's like a it's a Pepsi yeah, production great. level. Uh, yeah, like, yeah. Whoa, oh, the Pepsi hell? is so good. Pepsi is cooler. Just saying. Love you, Pepsi. Pepsi. <laughs> I feel like Pepsi. We haven't had another Pepsi productions. Yeah, we haven't had another Pepsi production since Uncle Drew. Are there other Pepsi productions? Maybe there's been another. Let me look it up. I feel like that's... <laughs> okay, Seb, you, you start your... The halftime show? I mean, the Super Bowl halftime show is a Pepsi production? Right. I don't think true, they put true Pepsi to me, to what I said. <laughs> At the start of the Super Bowl, though. <laughs> they do... Yeah, I don't know. At the end, I remember them always saying, like... Yeah, like, I think like it's Pepsi, like Pepsi or... Pre- Yeah, yeah, Pepsi presents. You guys like that weekend performance? Though? That was kind of cool. Yeah, it was I cool. didn't see it. I saw bits of it. <laughs> I skipped <Where's> it. it? <laughs> <laughs> saw the memes. Yeah, exactly. It seemed like a Can cool idea. Can you guys believe that Tom Brady took it home this year? Oh my god! Wait, there are Pepsi roller coasters. <laughs> that's a Pepsi production. Whoa! <laughs> yeah, that's definitely a Pepsi production. <laughs> There's the Pepsi Python, the Pepsi Orange Streak, and the Pepsi Max Big One. Oh, I don't want to get out of the Pepsi wow. Orange streak. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds unpleasant. The Pepsi Big One, too. That, that be it's the Pepsi Max Big One, actually. Yeah. And it's uh, oh, located sorry. in Nickelodeon Universe in the Mall of America. Oh, wait, no, that's Orange Streak. Sorry. Pepsi Max Big One is located in Blackpool Pleasure Beach in Blackpool, Lancash- Lan- Lancashire in the United Kingdom. Wow. It's designed by Ron Toomer. Cool. By Ron Toomer? <laughs> T-O-O-M-E-R. Ron Toomer made that one? Wow. <laughs> Amazing. That guy's really good at designing rides, actually. Yeah, but some, you know, sometimes you ask Arnold Schwarzenegger if this ride on, you're riding on, was designed by Ron, and he goes, it's not a Toomer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we were in a good run there, <laughs> and I feel like I spoiled it. <laughs> No, no, you're just making it better. <laughs> great, great. Whoa, the Pepsi Python. What, do you, what are you? What is that a reference to? <laughs> in, in, in kindergarten cop, he says it's not a tumor, and people laugh oh. when he says that. <laughs> Sorry, what? What about the Pepsi Python? I was just gonna say the Pepsi Python. There's a 2008 incident. Oh, oh no! <laughs> On May oh, 26, no. 2008, the Python slightly derailed at the oh, top of its birthday? first drop. Leaving its lone passenger oh stranded god. just over the edge of the drop. There are no injuries. Oh my god. <laughs> wow, that's so scary. 
That's the scariest thing. Imagine being the only passenger on this roller coaster, just stranded at the oh top. Oh my god. In 2008. And that was the one I wanted to go on the most because the name didn't sound like a venereal disease. And now I hear that. <laughs> the accidents. Python's actually a pretty cool name for uh, a roller coaster because I mean, roller coaster is kind of like a python. It's better know? than it's Orange like... Streak. I'll go with that. <laughs> Okay. Uh, this, this movie <laughs> stars Channing Tatum. Black <laughs> Actor Avenue. Let's let's take a walk. <laughs> Think this is an interesting uh, time for Channing. I read up on the Wikipedia that he was in an anti-war movie called Stop Loss, and mm. um, he did not want to be in this film, but he had a three-picture deal from Paramount uh, because oh. of being in Coach Carter, and they made him do it, and he hates this movie. Oh. Damn, that's sad. You know what? I'm not even mad at him for that. I'm like happy that he hates this movie. Yeah, I mean, I think he's good on him. <laughs> I'm happy he went on to still have a you know great career because, well, I guess this wasn't a flop or anything. So no, I but was like it a is, success? Uh, I think it well it made enough for a sequel. I can look into it, but I yeah. just think um, kind of starting to establish him as a leading man in, in a big movie. I feel like this is kind of the first one. I mean, he's in Step Up 2 or whatever. But that's yeah. not not quite the, the street scale. Step Up to the Streets. He was in Dear John. Oh, that was after this. I'm just looking at his Wikipedia. Yeah, I mean, this is, I think, when it's... This is when I figured out who he was. I was like, oh, this is the mm-hmm. new guy. I don't think he's particularly good in this. He doesn't get to do a lot of the Channing charm that I think we're used to now. He has to be more serious, but uh, I'm glad. He's trying. I'm glad that this wasn't the uh, the path for Channing. That he didn't become just like you know boring, hot leading man who has no personality. Uh, he pretty quickly like you know diversified what he what he could do as a performer. I think it. Was, I mean, it was like Twenty One Jump Street Jump Street's and like Haywire. Which I yeah. never saw. Um, I mean, he's not in the Magic Mike and that much. Oh, side effects. Is that the one I'm thinking of? The well, he is in Haywire, but he's not in it that much. He has a great fight oh, okay. scene, actually. But yeah, around that time, he started kind of, you know, being in uh, uh, these more, I guess, interesting films with some some auteur directors and just kind of proving he can do more than just this boring leading man stuff and. Uh, it's great. I'm glad he did. I wouldn't yeah. have wanted him to get stuck in this path because I don't think he's particularly good at it. No. No. Um, Jump Street's so the perfect vehicle for him of like, you know, the the jock that can make fun of himself. And so it's perfect. Yeah. Like, that's, that's what I think people like about him. And like the same year as Magic Mike where also being, I think, uh, willing to do that kind of movie which i think a lot of male stars wouldn't especially since it's like based on his experiences everything yeah i think it established also, him as well, a very kinda, distinct also the fact that it was like when he did magic like the fact that magic mike sort of like cemented him as like a sort of like diverse actor and it was like he was still kind of on the come up when he did that like i don't think a lot of like actors like on the come up would do that yeah like yeah, yeah it's so it's sort of a risky thing for him to have done at the time yeah, I think a lot of actors would have been too macho or whatever to try and do something like that. It's kind of interesting. Like, I don't... Because 
Like the 21 Jump Street uh, thing and the, I guess that's the big one, Magic Mike to a less, to a, in a different way. Uh, the way that they are kind of like subverting that like, uh, yeah, what, what, what this kind of jock-esque leading man can, can do and how to use that persona. It's interesting because like I don't feel like Channing was like really well established as like that persona before it are, before it got subverted. But I guess it's just like it's such a type that we already understood that. It's and it's like, what he looks like. Like. And it's what he looks like. Yeah. So you would just expect that. So then to see uh, something kind of subversive, it's like ooh. Yeah, like I think like I see him in GI Joe. I'm like this guy would bully me. But you see him in Twenty One Jump Street, and you're like, oh, he likes the nerd guy. Okay. Yeah, like, yeah, he, yeah, yeah, and I, I, he's one of my favorite like leading men like of like that generation of the younger, uh, even though he's older than me, um, and I feel like I feel like I'm still waiting for another great one. Like I want something like Magic Mike or Magic Mike Two. Honestly, um, I want him to do something great like that again or get the opportunity to. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking at his filmography now, and it, it he hasn't. He hasn't done a lot in a while, actually. His last live-action performance was in Kingsman: The Golden Circle, which is supposed to be movie. really bad. I never saw it. He's kind of fun. It's in supposed it. to be pretty bad. He doesn't get to do much. But um, since then, he did Smallfoot. He did the Lego Movie Two, he's, but he's, obviously both of those animated. He's directing a movie called Dog, allegedly. Okay. Oh, interesting. And starring in it. It's called Dog. It, it looks like. <laughs> I don't know. It's on Letterboxd. It has, <laughs> it's just called Dog. <laughs> it literally has no information. Um, this could be an entire joke that somebody just uploaded to the movie database and was like, yes, this is a movie. No, I see, I see it on his Wikipedia as well. Yeah, it's just called Dog. <laughs> Allegedly. Oh, all right. Um, yeah, that's interesting. He hasn't He hasn't done a lot in a while, actually. Logan Lucky was 2017 as oh, well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Same Logan year Lucky as, was as, uh, good. Great Kings from the Golden him, Circle. I think, as well. Maybe he kind of, you know, he, he was almost coming close to that oversaturation period mm-hmm. where everyone just starts to turn on someone and realize or think that they hate the person because they've seen them everywhere. Uh, maybe he feared that that would happen. I mean, if I he know. did it on purpose, I think he's so primed to like for people to be excited for him to do something again. Absolutely. Like, like now or in the next next few years or whatever. Um, should we move Absolutely. on maybe to Marlon Wayans as Ripcord? He's yeah. like easily like maybe the best part of this film. Interesting. But I'm kind of mixed on him, I think. I like don't like his character, but it's maybe because his character was the only like levity to the film. Mm-hmm. Which is why I was like, cool. Um, because this movie is like missing any but yeah it's just so self-serious that like having one little bit that's not super self-serious you can kind of attach to more easily um that was just my i don't like i don't think his character is like a particularly interesting or like good character yeah i think he's a charismatic performer i think i wish i knew a little more about the williams brothers to be able to talk about their careers and stuff because i think all of them are very interesting and i think He's interesting and kind of what he's ended up doing, I feel like, is kind of, I don't know. I thought he would do, be doing better stuff by now. But I think he's like the only one of his original generation of brothers who's still doing a lot. Yeah. Damon Jr. is in stuff. but Damon Jr. What's he been in? 
he's the guy from New Girl. I think if you if you Google Damon Wayans Jr., you 100% recognize him. He's just kind of in a lot of stuff. Mm. Keenan Ivory went on to direct a bunch of stuff after In Living Color. But I don't think I've directed still... anything in a while, actually. Now that I... Yeah, I never see Damon Sr. around either. Yeah. Well, I think he's on Lethal Weapon, the show. Is Marlon Wayans still in a lot of stuff, though? What's he been in recently? He just does a lot of these weird Netflix movies that oh. people say are really bad. Amazing. I haven't seen any of them. He did that. He did Fifty Shades of Black, which is the Fifty Shades of Grey parody. <laughs> Apparently, he's very funny in it, but the movie isn't good. Oh, he's in On the Rocks. I'm looking at his oh, really? filmography now. Yeah, it says he's okay. in On the Rocks, uh, which I didn't see. But yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think he's particularly good or bad. I think he's fine. I guess you know, I, I just. I never sensed any kind of camaraderie from him or Channing's character in the movie. And they're supposed <laughs> yeah. to be like, it's like them two and I guess JGL. They were like the three <laughs> friends who think, were all like a I unit. I don't think JGL was a friend. I think JGL was just, I think Channing Tatum was like Kidding babysitting true, JGL. True. <laughs> but Channing and Marlon but, are definitely supposed to be friends. I think that's yeah, more of a fault. That's of, a good point. I think it's more a fault of the writing, I guess. But... I don't know. There's nothing in really either of the performances that really indicates much like camaraderie. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's a fair. Like, there's a scene where they're like in ambiguously in a war, and it's him and <laughs> it's Channing and JGL, and like a couple minutes into the scene, I swear, it cuts to Marlon Wayans. It's like he was also there. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I guess this is establishing that they're always together, but it doesn't really feel like they're they're friends. Yeah. Um, um the romance is really creepy. Yeah, no, that's messed up. I did not like that. That made me very uncomfortable. Once they actually get together, I think the actors kind of sell it as kind of cute I, in I... small moments. But yeah. yeah. I don't know if it was cute or if I was just like it's less creepy, so therefore more tolerable. Yeah, yeah, it might be more like that. Um, I yeah. thought the scene where he like comforts her about losing the fight that badly was... written for sure, but I think they played it. Yeah, where, sure. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. no, they're, they're decently performed. It's definitely faint praise we're giving him. But <laughs> it was fine. It was, <laughs> was you know, fine. it was something. It was something. I actually, I mean, it was better than whatever Channing and his girl had going on i yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get to that <laughs> i don't i don't want to step on your order seb but maybe this will lead in is i mean we're i feel like we should were there anyone you guys thought were good we can talk about everyone i don't want to like i think i, I want to keep going but okay well i don't know if we have time to go in like all this detail who played but, not yes, snake eyes who played snake eyes enemy yeah oh okay. yeah there's yeah. a couple he, he there's a couple back. i want to get to but <laughs> i i mean we can we can skip over well, well, Seb, you you choose. This was your movie pick, so you talk. You choose who you want to talk to, talk about. Okay. Well, I just want to say I feel like we were almost talking about Scarlet there, played mm-hmm. by Rachel mm-hmm. Nichols. Um, I think it's worth pointing out that every single woman in this movie is a supermodel in a push-up bra. Um, yeah. And I <laughs> that I is, think it's, it's like striking. It's like every woman. There are only two women that I can... Oh, no, there's the third one who also got stabbed. Gets brutally oh, murdered. Yeah. There's, like... At one point, there's a woman, like, demonstrating the camouflage suit, and it's also clearly a mob. Oh, it's yeah, like... I forgot about that character. It's not really <laughs> much of a character, but... The camouflage suit. 
<laughs> and the one who got stabbed. <laughs> Apparently the one who got stabbed is a character from the show named Cover Girl, who is a model. Which okay. cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Great. I love the G.I. Joe universe. I really I really think everyone should support it. I think it is the best line of toys. Yeah. The, c- the scene where she gets murdered is like the one of the times where I felt the movie tipped into outright misogyny from casual sexism, where it's like, not only does she get graphically murdered, I think more than anyone else in the rest of the movie, like there's like blood and everything. But then like, um, Zartan's like, you don't kill women, right? And then Storm Shadow's like, yeah, but I'll kill you because you're a woman. It's like, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> Why stop the movie to do this? Uh, yeah. God. <laughs> so... Anyway. Yeah, I don't think there's too much more to say about Scarlet. I don't. I think Rachel I, Nichols is trying, but I, I, I just thought it was a bad performance. I, I, I didn't, I didn't hate her. I, I think she was at least, you know, trying to, uh, like, be a little more animated, give a little more life when she is like in her. Sorry, this is the person, the who's like the villain for half of the movie, right? No, no we're Scarlet. talking about Scarlet, the red-haired woman who's on the TV. Oh, oh <laughs> I'm, God. I'm rethinking, I'm rethinking my statement. <laughs> I, yeah, she's one of the... Um, I don't make know them if she's, fight also. I don't know if she's necessarily doing a bad performance or if she was just given a really shitty script and then not directed at all. Because mm-hmm. it kind of seems like her and then the French scientist or the Moroccan scientist, it kind of seems like both of them, it just seems like they took all of their first takes or whatever. Oh, I want to talk about him. He's one of I the guys I love him. Like. He's great, but he's horrible performance. What? You didn't There's like him? so many times. No, I liked him as a character and I thought he was so funny and so charming, but I also thought the way he said some lines, I was like, Nobody told you how to say this, so you're just saying it in, like, an excited way that is, like, very much, like, an actor reads you a script for the first time and you're like, right idea, but please say it like a human would say it. I don't know. I'd like to. I mean, maybe. I I love him. He's one of the things I remember from this movie. One of the interesting casting choices, I think. I love that actor. Yeah, he's in uh, Lahaine. What we're talking about? Yes. Saeed Tagmawi. Um, I don't know if... What else have I seen him in? He's really good in Lahine. Uh, yeah, then he started to make his way over to Hollywood after after Lahine. He's in um, Three Kings. He's very good oh, in Three Kings. I never I saw think. Three Kings. He was on Lost. He's um, he's on Lost. Yeah, he's in Wonder Woman. He's in the first Wonder Woman. Oh yeah, and he's very good. I see that here too. Oh, he's in John. I, I, he's in John Wick Chapter Three. Yeah, barely. I haven't, haven't got to that. I'm one. just. I'm. I actually was thinking about. It. I'm gonna rescind my statement about any of these performances being bad and i'm gonna say it's bad direction because i think all of the performances in this were equally kind of unbelievable to me or like equally kind of like cardboard to me so i'm i'm gonna rescind that and just say they were trying their best but being given bad direction and a horrible script yeah Yeah, when you have a bunch of when you have a bunch of good actors and no one really pops across the board it's probably (laughs) a sign of bad directing Maybe it's just interesting to me that they're in it, but I think Saeed Tagmali and Ad- I looked up how to pronounce his name, Adewali Akinoye Agbahe as Heavy are I'm... charismatic. I thought Heavy was... Char- I love that Heavy had a little earring. Um, yeah, it's a great costume too, I think. 
I love both of them, but they just Heavy was given literally nothing to do. Like he was Yeah, I don't given I don't, nothing. You think he popped? I don't think he really did anything. I just think he's I just okay, well I really like this actor already. I just liked seeing him as the leader. He didn't get to do much, but I think he he gives a little spin on any line delivery he's given. I also sure. just want to talk about him. I think he's so interesting. He's English, um, Nigerian, and often he's cast as uh, African characters and uh, does a Nigerian accent. This is the only movie I've ever seen where he does his real voice. And I think that's kind of interesting. Like, I've seen him be Southern. Like, he's, he's Southern in Suicide Squad and Trumbo, if I remember rightly. Um, and I've seen him do all kinds of different accents. I think he's great. I love him whenever he, he pops up. And I, I just enjoy that he's in this. I he's will, also in The Mummy, which I think is why he's in this. I will say that he, although he was not in it very much, um, whenever he was in a scene, he was, like, sort of, he was, like, more interesting to watch like he was the best part of the scene whenever he was in a scene like saying a line not just like standing in the background as you said in your letterbox review he loves croissants yeah literally such a relatable movie <laughs> loves Whoa. croissants what was Me that a too. reference to? i don't remember that in the movie <laughs> that they're going, like, they're going to france oh like, does he say that all right i like croissants and I'm like, <laughs> that's pretty funny right. see i don't even remember that at all i honestly yeah i don't know Saeed Tegmao is really the only one that uh, made any impact on me from the main group, Mm -hmm. from the main G.I. Joe squad. We already kind of talked about Ray Park as Snake Eyes. I like the suit a lot. I like that you can see his mouth in this weird way. He really looks like a toy to me. And I think that's kind of cool. so weird. That's cool. It's very tight. (laughs) It's so weird. Um... Should we talk about his origin? I think it's bizarre. It's so weird. I what is this like little white ki- homeless kid doing in <laughs> Korea? Walks into like some Zen temple. <laughs> it's unclear why he goes there. He's eating out of the garbage, and then he sees he was looking big. He was looking for food. Yeah, I guess yeah, fancier but he's, he's, food. But, but he, why? He, like, like he sees it in the distance, he, and he's and, like, and then he's like, food. He's not like restaurant <laughs> on this busy street. Maybe he's like, and then this. Who's the other guy that's Storm not? Storm Shadow. Storm... Yeah, Storm Shadow. Who, I think it's sick that he wears white throughout all of it and doesn't get anything for on it except... Life. <laughs> except for when he gets, like, slashed up by uh, Snake Eyes. Spoiler. Um, <laughs> but then this, like, little, like, these 10-year-old kids are, like, fighting in this kitchen. Long just... scene. Yeah. Long just scene. beating the they shit are, out like, of each other. All these little pots of food laid out perfectly. Um being destroyed and pushed all over the floor he tries to come at him with a meat cleaver or something <laughs> tries to roast his face on something and I'm like what is your beef with this kid like these two 10 year olds are just fighting so hard well that's what he was thinking that's what you're thinking but he was thinking who's this kid with my beef <laughs> <laughs> that's really also- funny i mean what do you mean what is storm shadows beef a kid just broke into the place and is stealing her food yeah, but you, I wouldn't try and murder him over that. I'd maybe, like, try and apprehend him and, like, or, like, stop him and yell for help. Well, Storm Shadow is the bad guy. <laughs> I think it's supposed to be, like, he was shitty his whole life. Which, which I think is, thing. like, an interesting origin story that he's not, like, trying to get revenge or they had some, like, weird falling out. Like, yeah, he is, just, he is like, sort of trying shitty. to get... Well, I mean, I guess it's not revenge, but he feels, like, jealous. Uh, 
So he murders their teacher? That what happened? I don't think he did he murder I, think, he, I don't think he, he murdered the teacher. I don't but think he's he walked, murdered the did, teacher. But he's, I don't remember. But there's a moment where they both like look at each other after <laughs> the teacher gets murdered and uh he's like running he's away. He's like running away. But right, you're, it's probably, like, you're probably right. <laughs> but it's like he's running but then later in the movie he's like when our teacher was murdered, you took a vow of silence. And I feel like that's a good time for him to acknowledge that, like admit that. Yeah, I don't know if it makes any sense that someone else murdered him, even though that's what I was just saying. I just don't remember. I think you. I think it's. Right. I think but it's I'm definitely about. Like, that was the only thing that I found interesting about the character. I, I swear that it had to be the case, right? Wasn't it like he was so raw with jealousy, I, I and then don't. so he? Yeah. I'm going. You know what? Wikipedia. We have to watch the 2021 Snake Eyes origin story. To oh yeah, that'll clarify. Things. <laughs> I think. Um, I think he he has got a decent. Uh, decent origin story i, I kind of liked it <laughs> yeah i really thought he was gonna say something when storm shadow i remember literally in the theater in 2009 going okay he's gonna say something and then this time again i was like he says something after he kills storm shadow right but he does not it oh, just I... zooms in on him like he's gonna i meant i thought storm shadow had a decent origin story oh okay but also the scene where he does kill where what is the good guy's name the guy who does kill storm snake shadow? eyes <laughs> snake eyes okay okay i got it i got it now <laughs> that was kind of reminiscent of uh, Star Wars. I felt like the uh, the the like Luke and Darth Vader. Right. I don't know yeah. if that was intentional. I mean, they're kind of family in a way. Familial. Not yeah. really. They're yeah. not really family, but yeah. There's something. I I thought the kid fight too. It's like not that I want to see these children fighting, but. It was a thing of like what you said, Adam, where there was clearly an elaborate choreography with yeah. lots of props and stuff. Yeah. And it felt like they were cutting it up so I couldn't see it. And maybe that was like a rating thing, like they but it happens in every scene, so it probably wasn't. Yeah, that was one of the scenes where it was like they're using stuff around the kitchen. I don't know if it would have been a great mm-hmm. fight, but it seems like at least like yeah, more well thought out choreography, but it's just so aggressively cut, so I never you never get to uh, uh, appreciate any of the choreography. You really get to see it. You never even really get to see it. That's frustrating. Should we talk about the Baroness? Well, who is the actor who, who, that plays Storm Shadow? Oh, we, we can get... Familiar. Oh, yeah, we can talk about Storm Shadow. That's Lee Byung-Han. Um, super interesting that he's in this, I think. Starting his uh, attempted move into Hollywood. Korean star from The Good, The Bad, and The Weird. Played the bad uh, and a bittersweet life, and I saw the devil and and many Korean action and genre films, and then he tried to he didn't I feel like quite make a purchase in Hollywood, but he is in a lot of stuff. He's in Red Two. He's in the Magnificent Seven remake. Um, he pops up. He he comes back for GI Joe Two, even though his character pretty much dies in this one. They leave it a little <laughs> ambiguous, I guess. Whether well, or not he dies you know. in this. <laughs> Falls from really like, high. Fast and Furious <laughs> is bringing back Han, and how many times has Han died in this franchise? Yeah, <laughs> yeah he falls in Arctic water from a large height after being badly cut up with a sword. <laughs> but you never but know; someone could survive that. Someone could survive that. He's one of the few characters back in the next one, which is interesting. Great actor, I think. Great presence. Yeah. One of the few good performances in this movie. Yeah, I, I agree. He's pretty good in this. Uh, I think most we of the, co- have... the 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 cobra mm-hmm. are fair better than the Joes. Way better than the Joes. 
They're so much better than the average Joes. <laughs> yeah, I think so. The Joes are to, so average. They get to do a lot more fun stuff, obviously. They get to be a little hammier. Um, like even J... I mean, should we talk about JGL? I JGL? would love to talk about JGL. Yes. Even as a kid, I was like, why is this guy in this? <laughs> is it supposed to be... Like, is it supposed to be a shock when JGL is, like, the evil scientist? Because, like, I was... I knew... I, w- I wondered, like... I was shocked. I guess you, you figured... Oh, you didn't figure it out? Uh, like, as I, a kid, I think I was surprised. I don't remember. I, I, like, kind of figured it out when she was like, don't let anything happen to my, like, brainiac brother or whatever. Right. And then yeah. she was like... And then it was, like, revealed, like, partway through the movie that he died. I was like, oh, that he's probably that guy then. I will say, like, hearing him do the voice in that, like, elaborate makeup, I was like, is that in... Did they like dub him? Is he just in the flashbacks? Like it, it is yeah, hard to tell I... that it's him. Yeah. yeah. So props to him on on that. It's kind of like it's. Kind of, I this is gonna sound so weird, but it's like in Looper he has another role where you're like, is that actually Joseph Gordon Levitt? Why is Joseph Gordon Levitt doing the weirdest freaking role <laughs> ever? Where it's like where people are like, yeah, it's Joseph Gordon Levitt. Come see this movie. He's kind of a movie star. You know who he is. But then it's just like not really him i was like yeah i was like confused while i was watching because i was like why did they get jgl for such a small part and then i was like going through my head i was like i guess at this time would he have been that popular maybe not well, he's, i but, don't know 500 days of summer same year same year but yeah. that, that was the start of the comeback inceptions after this yeah that's so true but yeah i, I and then when it was revealed that he was rex i was like okay yeah it all makes sense it's it's I feel like he's actually pretty good as the doctor. I think like, he's for, good. I think he's good. He might be my and favorite also, performance in the film. And, and <laughs> yeah. also considering you can't see his face for like any of it, like he's just like basically being a voice actor. But yeah, there's like some there's something to like the way he moves around and yeah. stuff too. I think the costume is good. I think pretty consistently the costumes are kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. No. In the I, there's Maybe? one costume nope. that I really hate. I and really hate, like, Baroness's costume. She, like, came out and I was like, yeah, this is the yeah, most yeah. god-awful thing I've ever seen. Like, it's actually horrible. I, like, it's, it's just consistent. Oh, it's not good. It's just really, and I can't, the sunglasses that she then made clear, and I'm like, this just looks so lame. Like, it's actually just horrible. Okay, that's it. I'm done. I'm done talking about this. Well, costume. no, we can, we can talk Baroness. Wait, but like, there's one more thing about JGL. Uh, okay. Shit, what was I going to say now? Uh... Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I'd say he was, like, you know, amazing in the film, but it just felt like at least he was given a chance to do a little something hammier, a little something sillier. And the 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 story of, like, yeah, that he, you know, when he went into that building where he was presumed to be blown up, but actually he <laughs> found all this, like, <laughs> technology stuff and this other, like, weird doctor. Uh, <laughs> doctor Mindbender. <laughs> if I had to be... If I had a stupid G.I. Joe name, I wish I was Dr. Mindfender. So funny. <laughs> but yeah, and then he like survived this and then, you know, and then it cuts back to the present. He like takes off his mask and it's like, oh, it's him. Like, <laughs> that, that I just, it's the most fun I had in the whole film. So gotta That's, give, gotta give him props that for true. that. It's the most fun yeah. uh, point of the movie. Oh, well, everything I also read in my, 
I read in my deep research on Wikipedia that he was really excited and he really loved the cartoons and he was excited to be Cobra Commander. And um, that's one of the reasons Channing signed on is because they're friends Aww. and he convinced him to do it, <laughs> which is kind of <laughs> nice because I think he, he is good at it. Yeah. I think Joseph Gordon-Levitt is so funny because he seems like he's just the most excitable person ever. <laughs> like, like he's it seems like you just like tell him you're like yeah like i kind of have this idea like i i don't know if it'll work and he'll be like no 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 do it do it it'll be amazing it'll be so cool i'll help you <laughs> i love joseph gordon like cool as an guy. actor he's uh, i wish he's in more stuff yeah he kind of you know all similar to um uh uh channing tatum it seems like kind of hasn't done a lot let me check let me look at his film yeah, i think he did he's that like stuff movie, way less that, than like, that movie this this past summer he did trial of chicago 7 oh, oh right true yeah. I, I didn't see that but yeah it looks what like this year movie that he did? this year he had a bit oh, he of did a that, return he but did he, that limited series or whatever i think he should stop trying to do like serious action stuff yeah get do, back like, get back to fun yeah, yeah to fun. i think he should do fun stuff i think he's good as a fun actor I feel like the last thing I really liked he was in was Night Before. Wait, he's in Knives Out? And, and I like Looper and stuff. Oh, oh he just has he's, a cameo. He has like a vocal cameo. He does a voice Well, he's cameo. in every Ryan Johnson movie. Right. Right, he has a voice cameo in The Last Jedi too, apparently. Yeah. What's 7500? Like, what the hell? Oh, yeah, that looked bad. He was in a movie oh, in 2019 was... called 7500. looks like some... I always see that on Amazon movie. Prime. He's like a pilot or something. Yeah. yeah. Looks bad. Huh. I don't, know. I don't know. Anyway, I yeah, did... I definitely slowed down being in movies. <laughs> Hasn't been in a lot recently. I just, I don't think he should do, like, action movies. Like, I don't think Joseph Gordon-Levitt is an action guy. Like, I think he can do serious movies. It just should not be action. But Inception. Maybe, but Inception and Looper. I really Inception. like him in Looper. But I think those work because, like, they are action, but maybe they're a bit more, like, cerebral. So it's not like this. We're just straight up, like... Yeah, I mean, he's not, like, a, a macho guy. Like, he, he still looks like a little boy. Which I think, is I, like, maybe it's just because, funny. like, my favorite performances from him are, like, when he was younger and he was, like, doing, like, angsty performances. Like, I just really like Mysterious Skin and Brick. And he's, I think those really are better. Because I, th- I think he's good at playing, like, an intellectual mm-hmm. in some way. And I think he's really good at playing the intellectual who then gets brought down because he's too cocky about it. Yeah, I mean, that's a, I mean... That's a good angle. Brick is my favorite movie of his for sure. But I, I think, I don't Which know. Is like, I think there's there's different ways you can use. But that, I think that's also kind of his role in Inception. Not necessarily that he gets brought down, but he does play like the more like he plays a character who prides himself on his intellect to a degree. Yeah, yeah, and that, and they do clown him a bit in Inception. Like yeah, he is and, a little bit of like the kind of stickler. Yeah, so it's like I kind of want to see him playing that role in action films maybe less so just the straightforward like yeah Ron, for sure. what about uh, uh premium rush yeah premium rush <laughs> yeah it had to come up future, no i swear we won't premium rush episode. at some point but no, that's I a swear. silly kind of action or at least a strange very specific kind of <laughs> I, don't, I don't think anybody who's in premium rush took it 100 percent seriously and it's not like you're going to go see and go, I don't buy that guy as a bike courier. Like, <laughs> he looks like a bike courier. <laughs> he looks so like a bike courier. Maybe that could be his comeback. Premium Rush this As a bike courier? No, he yeah, plays like... I think like, he, he should plays, become like, a bike he, courier. I think he'd be good at I think that. he should play like the master bike courier. Like he just does like a smaller role. Like there's a new like hotshot bike courier on the scene and he plays sort of like the master character who's like mentoring this... uh this new bike career and he's like don't get too cocky 
don't don't use brakes you think you should <laughs> he, use brakes he would don't say something that. like that yeah uh brb um, i just gotta pee real quick bye right. adam is this staying in the episode do you think i don't know should we just talk more about joseph gordon levitt sure Oh, Project Power, that was the thing that he was in Oh, this yeah, summer. that looked really stupid. Maybe it's good. It Who stupid. was it? I think... I think it was the Nerve guys, wasn't it? No, but I th- Luca was saying that one of them was, like, doing an interview and was kind of saying, like, it, it's not a good <laughs> movie, but you should see it anyway. <laughs> like, that was, like, what they were implying, but not directly saying. Um, How old is Gordon Levitt? He's 40? That makes sense. Totally makes sense that he's 40. Yeah, I just want him to do... Yeah, I, I want him to come... I love him. I love him when he's in a movie. I, I think I think he's good. I think he... I think, I think like, that's what I like. I like when he plays, like, the loser. Like, I like when he kind of doesn't come out victorious at the end. Like, um... Or, like, that's also the same thing with his character in Premium Rush, where he's, like, so cocky the entire time, and then mm-hmm. gets brought down a peg, and then has to sort of, like do the like redemption arc kind of thing like i don't think he's good at just being successful all the way through or like being super powerful well yeah i don't think you can play him as a hundred percent a cool guy because i think one of the appealing things about him is that he's kind of dorky like he, he kinda, seems like a really nice guy he is everything he does nerd even that like website he made where it's like everyone collaborate on stuff it's like He's kind of, like, too into it. He really is just, like, maybe he just needs to be, like, cast as a teacher in something. He'd be a great inspirational teacher. I think he'd be great. Somebody do, like, Netflix do, like, a coming-of-age film. Get him to be the teacher. (laughs) I think that'd be great. Like, I think that's his comeback, maybe. Um, Did you pee at him? Yeah, and I realized something while I was in there. Hot scoop. That's fast. Okay. Well, my bathroom's in my in my room. Still. <laughs> okay, what, are you timing my peas? <laughs> to seem fat. I mean, we'll let the audience decide. <laughs> I'm going to put all of what you talked about in, like, slow-mo. It seemed like I was in there for a while. <laughs> Great. Uh, I, had, I figured out a hot scoop while I was in there. Yes. Mm. It's actually, I don't even know if I should be saying it on the podcast because I want... It's that hot? It's that hot. I actually... You can just bleep it out. Okay. Well, yeah, just because, like, it might actually ruin some careers. Damn. So, JGL, right? Joseph Gordon-Levitt, his initials, JGL. Are you talking about Jean-Luc Godard? No, but... Okay. That's also a great scoop. Oh, my God. JLG? (laughs) No, I was going to say... And you see, now that kind of took a little bit of the wind out of my sails, but... Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, that was, you know, listen, that's also a hot scoop. Just keep that on, on the down low, but... You know what the letter before G in the initial, in the in the, uh, in the the alphabet is? Hmm. Wait, I know this one. It's F. Yes, so we're, that's it. Replace the G in JGL's name. Wow. Are you saying this man is just for laughs? <laughs> saying this man's career. It's all just, just for it's laughs. all just for laughs. It's all been just for laughs. Do you think Joseph Gordon Levitt would listen to this if somebody sent it to him? 
I think he was. I think, he, I think he's he totally I think was. he's been actively trying to cover this up for years. And I think <laughs> I think we just figured out something. A little, you know. I I actually worry. I actually worry about putting this in. So Sienna Miller plays the Baroness, right? <laughs> yes, totally. <laughs> she totally does. Okay, this is what I was gonna say earlier when I thought you were talking about okay. Sienna Miller, but I confused her for the only other woman in the movie. Oh. <laughs> uh, what about Cover Girl? <laughs> right. Yeah. How could I forget all the other really well uh, defined? <laughs> well, the. F- Define woman. One who is literally identified by her hair color. (laughs) (laughs) I literally don't remember anything that uh, that character that Rachel Nichols does in the movie. What does she do? And she. I mean, I know she is. She fights Sienna. I know she is the love interest of Marlon Wayne's character. Oh, you know what? I do remember that when she's on the treadmill, she pulls out the book, which is a good. She doesn't believe in emotions, even though Marlon Wayne's. It completely clear sign. Yeah, a very clear sign yeah. that she does not want to talk to him. Um, but also, oh, yeah. I didn't think of it, but also, like, the Baroness is defined because you said that by, like, turning evil by her hair color changing. Literally, this, <laughs> this film is like, you cannot identify women if they don't, like, besides their hair color. We can't have two women with the same color hair in this. It's too confusing. Uh, but yeah, I was just gonna say, I do at least, you know, I guess similar to JGL, at least she's kind of hamming it up in the period where she is uh, evil. It sucks that, like, within the movie, it kind of robs the character of any agency because it's, like, someone else. Yeah, just, when she's mind-controlled. Like, she's being yeah, mind-controlled the whole that. time. That sucks so much. And I actually thought she was, like, cool and interesting before that. That it's, like, her... If she wasn't being mind-controlled, then the idea is, like, her grief and then the fact that Channing's character she just, just abandoned him so much. Uh, or abandoned her, <laughs> which then she like, he never, anyway, whatever, we can get to that. But uh, like all that, all that stuff, the grief and the loneliness and whatever kind of turned her evil. And then, you know, yada, yada. It's like, that's something, at least it gives like her character, yeah. you know, the agency and it's kind of an interesting arc. Uh, but then it just turns out she was mind controlled, which, you know what, really it would have been, she- she would have been the best character if her entire motivation was just that she hates the army so much. Yeah. Yeah, but also I think one of the only interesting character things in the movie is that Duke is not a good person. Yeah. <laughs> Duke is kind of like the mistake he makes is significant. This is yes. Like that yes. Is true. They don't check that Rex is dead, which I know they're in danger and you know all kinds of factors. Still, and then he leaves her. He doesn't. Well, he doesn't and so he sent like he sent Rex in there in the first place. Didn't go in to check if yes. he was dead. Yeah. Then never, never comes back to her. Like he's too afraid. But then there's no like, yeah, he sucks. And at the end of the movie, it's him <laughs> being like, you know what? I it's okay. like I can forgive that you were mind controlled and were a bad person for a while. <laughs> it's like, fight. You're the bad guy. You're the what are you talking about? <laughs> The real evil person you here abandoned isn't... her when you, after you got her brother killed. <laughs> oh, it sucks. Yes. I hate it. Sorry, I got a little heated there, but I did like her Literally performance. So true. And I, until she got unmind controlled, then the then the character becomes really bland. Yes. Is this yes, is this just a like a war movie or an action movie thing, or is it a two thousand and nine thing where you have a character showing up? 
to a funeral, but just being in the distance and then driving off. That also happens in the fourth Fast and Furious movie. That's an action movie classic. That's a classic. Okay, I'm obviously I, not well versed in action movies. Honestly, visually, it's one of my favorite scenes in the movie. I think it looks cool. I guess. <laughs> Even though emotionally I, it's fucked up. I really don't remember what anything in this movie looked like besides the time when they, it was so funny when they did the silhouette the shadow silhouette on the wall of him stabbing her in the the neck with like or like with the syringe um when they're like going through that oh, flashback yeah, but yeah. you only see the action through a, like a shadow on the wall and it's so like cartoony horror yes yeah, it's, it's kind of creepy there's a lot of like gross things which i feel like are also in the mummy like kind of mm. more extreme body horror than i think you'd used to seeing in like a mainstream blockbuster like this like when that guy's head gets eaten by the nanobots and oh whatever. that's so cool it's very that. gross. It's kind of interesting. Um, yeah, Sienna Miller, I think, is a good actress who pretty consistently, from what I've seen, deserves better. Like, almost every movie I've seen of hers, it's just like, look how hot this woman is. Like, in Stardust and Layer Cake are the ones I'm thinking of. She is really good in Lost City of Zed. Yeah. And that's the one where I'm like, oh, that was the one where I was like, oh, she's actually a good actress and no one's letting her do anything. Yeah, she's good in Lost City of Z. Which rules. I've literally just really good seen this in Stardust. Really and I literally movie. do not remember watching Stardust. Uh, she's in Foxcatcher? Yes. Apparently. Yeah. I don't remember her in Foxcatcher. Somebody's I, sorry. Wife. I think she's I think she's uh, Mike Ruffalo's wife. And but she's again doesn't get to do too much. Also in American Sniper, apparently. Cool. <laughs> I wonder if she plays somebody uh, else's another wife. Another film or not. that sucks. Yeah, I feel like she probably plays his wife which means she probably is the one holding the plastic baby (laughs) (laughs) in that famous scene (laughs) hell yeah is that Um, is that all the actors all the who have big parts uh christopher eccleston i think has a little bit of fun hamming it up as destro the (laughs) weapons dealer who is destined to sell to both sides (laughs) what a weird character (laughs) so i like that he's like i'm gonna get back at the French for what they've done by, like, making Mark the Lover forget, and he just gets rid of the fucking Eiffel Tower. Like, the weather (laughs) observation station? Oh my god. Yeah, and the movie opens on, like, so you know his family history. It's, like, all of it is, like, doing that weird comic book movie thing where I didn't even really know the characters, but I'm like, oh, the whole point is to get him in the metal face, because he probably had a metal face on the cartoon. Yeah. That's what it felt like. That's what the point of this entire movie was. Yeah, apparently, like, because that's what it sets up to do, and it's like, that's... oh, at the end, he's not even in the second one. I don't oh, think so true. So I I also just think it was crazy when Joseph Gordon Levitt gave him the metal face and was like, "Now you're called this and you're <laughs> yeah. called commander." I was like, "What is happening?" Uh, there's Arnold. I totally forgot. I completely forgot about the prologue of the movie, and then that happened. And I was like, <laughs> oh yeah, what was that again? <laughs> What happened at the start? Um, I think Arnold Vosloo, who's also in The Mummy as Zartan, um, has some so kind weird. of interesting moments. Like, it's, you know, to set up him becoming the president or whatever. It seems like what he's there for, which does carry over into the second movie. 
But I think the funniest, unintentionally funniest thing in the movie is when they talk about how he's a master of disguise, and the only disguise we've seen him do is wear an eye patch <laughs> to pretend to be a guy with an eye patch. He pretends to be a guy with an eye patch, and he also steals the army uniform. He steals the uh, the G.I. Joe army-based uniform. Yeah, great. And Arnold Boslu is a pretty distinct-looking man. Like, he's, like, a very tall guy with, like, very specific features. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I also that was one thing that confused me when I was like this guy was here and then he just disappears halfway through the movie, and then I just yeah. didn't I because I, I thought with the face change or whatever I thought they were gonna make him like become Dennis Quaid, and I thought yeah, that's where that the movie was more going. Sense. More but stakes. No, he became the president of the United States, and I was also very confused when the president of the United States was like, "Oh, so that's what this is about." Yeah, what, yeah the pres- I, what? what happened there? I just want to clarification. <laughs> I think what's supposed to be happening is Zartan is walking in disguised as the president. Okay, yeah. But that would be the president's reaction to seeing an exact copy of himself <laughs> is bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I get it. It's the old switcheroo. <laughs> the old president switcheroo. Unless, unless so you're the about to die. Had, like, the only... Like, the only scenario in which that reaction makes sense to me is that the president has a twin brother that has <laughs> had a massive falling out with, or he, like, stole uh, the presidential seat from or something. Like, his brother was, like, running for president and, like, was so successful and got it, and then this, the guy who is currently president sabotaged his brother who was actually president and took over the presidency. That's the only scenario that that reaction makes sense to me. <laughs> I gotta say that was the that that was the most excited I was at any point in the movie when it was like you just see the back of the person and then the president's looking uh-huh. up like the person's just like killed everyone in the room and the president's looking up and is like oh that's what this is all about and for a brief moment I was like oh damn I'm so hyped is this all gonna click <laughs> and then it didn't come back for like 20 minutes and then when it did it was just the president walking into the room and i'm like oh so did someone like take over his body or something i guess that's what happened right well he whistles the song yeah which is supposed oh, to be the payoff okay. because zartan keeps with and i don't know if i would have clocked that except that the subtitles keep that i had on kept specifying that he was whistling for the he's a jolly good fellow. yeah I, which i guess is kind of cute i, don't I know. guess it's like kind of a cool tell but it would have been cooler if he like shape-shifted or like his skin rippled a little bit as he shape-shifted yeah the i will say the one image i remember from the second one is they put the cobra flag on the white house and that's pretty awesome (laughs) so i guess it pays off in that way it's also funny i was luke roommate past guest insomnia co-founder uh a friend of the podcast was walking by and watched for like 30 seconds and laughed very hard um, several times at the dialogue. And then when the president was on screen, he's like, is the president English? <laughs> <laughs> and I looked it up and Jonathan Price is Welsh and his accent does creep through. Like, how hard would it be? I didn't notice that. <laughs> yeah, how hard is it to get like an old white American dude? <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. So, so Cobra did rise, right? I guess Cobra rose. At I, the guess, end. I guess. I guess Cobra he's d- becoming Cobra Commander. I think he's the villain on the show. Sorry, okay. right, keep cutting you off. No, I was just gonna say. I guess the. I feel like it's more like the Cobra emerged rather than Rose. You know. Yeah. 
Cobra, the establishment of Cobra. <laughs> yeah, the, the founding of Cobra. I feel like it's... Could, yeah. The, the... Yeah. That sequelizing... It's mm-hmm. just this is the first movie. Sex. This is the first movie in a franchise. You don't the even establish time, yeah. anything, and you already are so obsessed with how you can like, like, and and that's the problem with so much of it. Like, you're trying to build out all this complicated story and lore and all this <laughs> stupid stuff that no one cares about. It's like you have to make a, you have to make the first one first. <laughs> you know what? I think this would have been a better movie if it was like the story was not this the story was just like channing tatum and whoever are just like (laughs) doing things going above and beyond in the line of duty and then at the end they get recruited to gi joe or whatever yeah it's there's so many paths for this to at least be a functional movie or it's like Mm -hmm. two or it's like two like parallel stories where it's like channing tatum and then gi joe story and they're all they're both working towards similar goals but like from different motivated motivated places and then they end up like coming together at the end yeah i mean yeah i think there's a lot of different directions but i also don't know because this movie's bad so i don't know if i can necessarily be like this would be a better version (laughs) i just think like any version that's not this would be an improvement maybe i wanted to mention one positive review i saw on letterboxd from a guy who i respect a lot called josh lewis um and uh he wrote a review he only gave it three stars but he said that it was interesting that a toy movie would comment on the plasticity of humans and on their ability to uh, recreate themselves and reinvent themselves endlessly and he also said that it it wasn't a well-executed movie but i think that's interesting i tried to look at that yeah i could kind of see that movie that way like with duke and with anna the baroness and I guess Rex and arguably Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow. There's a little bit of that. Um, not a lot, I would say. Yeah, yeah. No, that's an interesting take, though. Um, I also thought it was funny. I forgot to say this to the Baroness that it's very, like, they make it very clear she's married to a Baron. So yes. it's clear that she's literally a Baroness, which it feels like something from, like, they have to explain some dumb thing from the show or whatever. So it's like, she. Look at this guy. He's a baron. That's why she's a baroness. Stupid. Yeah. I... It's... This this movie's just a lot. It just... Things happen. It's a um, lot and also nothing. This is... I'm yeah. also like, why Paris? Like, why Paris? That's kind of fun. In the second one, they literally destroy London. The villains destroy the entirety wow. of London. Like, they, like blow it up oh and then God. at the end it's still like a happy ending <laughs> yeah it's like oh we didn't get london but <laughs> i i like i kind of liked paris because it's like you don't typically see like oh we're gonna go after paris um mm-hmm. which i think is kind of fun um i also uh they destroy so much of the Hausmanian architecture in paris um <laughs> fun fact i'm taking architecture history um yeah wow but <laughs> i so just smart Thank you. Um, but I also think it's, uh, I don't know, I just think it's funny that they were doing Paris and that they went for the Eiffel Tower instead of, like, uh, that's just, so, like, it's so funny to me. It's, it's the one thing they knew about Paris. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I gotta so admit, like... I gotta admit, faint praise again, the effect did look convincing. 
of it of it falling of it falling and yeah uh, it was pretty awesome like the the, the, I did the like, nanobites I did, yeah eating it it, it looked pretty good i did like how eating the cars and stuff yeah, yeah i thought I that actually how the looked nanobites good. didn't just stay in one on one thing they just sort of like glommed on to whatever was metal and was closest yeah mm-hmm. yeah it is kind of scary and it yeah it is actually a genuinely scary and uh like when they when they have to stop it at the eiffel tower because otherwise it's gonna like spread throughout the whole city like that's a cool that's a cool I don't know if cool is the right word, but uh, it's an interesting, <laughs> interesting. problem. It's an interesting, yeah. like, weapon uh, to show in a movie. Yeah. I'm just... Uh, Gotta give it its due. Gotta give it its due. I also kind of like the suits. I kind of oh. like the metal suits. <laughs> okay. It's just one more thing about the Paris of it all. Um, When I was watching it... There, if you were not sure if this appears, there is in the background of a couple of the shots a literal mime, running <laughs> 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 in terror. Like I would, I like I had to like rewind it because I was like, is that a mime? But there is like in the background of a couple of the chasing shots, just a literal mime, like miming in terror, which I thought was fun. <laughs> uh... Do you think maybe it's time to head to the wackometer? Yeah, official sure. sound whack. Anything you wanted to spin the official sound whack? I mean, oh, it got that boom boom about, pow remix. Can we talk about the the bang a gong remix? So bad. Which at first I was like, is this just like trying to be like? Because at first I couldn't quite clock it as bang a gong because it was like remixed with some like rap yeah. music. So I was like, oh, is this supposed to be like good old American like rock and roll, but mixed with like the n- new genre of American music, which is like <laughs> hip hop. So it's like weird, right? But then I'm like, no, it's a T Rex song, and that man's British. So then I was just <laughs> so confused. I just got so confused. I also just thought the rap was like really bad. Like I couldn't really hear <laughs> yeah, what they're saying. Really but just the the flow and stuff. It just <laughs> sounded terrible. I thought, like shockingly terrible. <laughs> I, I want to know what that song is. I think I should add it to a playlist. And then just take it one off of the playlist. <laughs> no, I want to just add it to a playlist. No, I want to hear it for real. Maybe it was actually really good. How surprised would you be if you heard it just on its I own? Loved it. And you were like, wow, this is actually. Wow, maybe the scene was just bad. This is actually one of the greatest songs I've ever heard. If I hear you playing it a month from now, <laughs> well, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to do something. Yeah, I'll, I'll mention it on the podcast. <laughs> okay. Apparently, the soundtrack, like the score, came under scrutiny because it was like exported at a really condensed codec, so it like sounded bad. So if you bought the <laughs> CD, <laughs> I never heard that controversy. Yeah. The score came under scrutiny for various soundtrack forms soon after being released. Spectral analysis of the content of the CD revealed certain frequency cutoff patterns around 16 kilohertz. <laughs> Oh, parental that's awesome. advisory parental advisory this sounds like shit <laughs> <laughs> okay that's i mean that's really funny and also it's funny that anyone even noticed that because who's buying, <laughs> put it on. Who's buying the soundtrack <laughs> on cd wait, too wait, wait. this is saying at, at this point in time on they never re-release the soundtrack better it says it is so far unclear if a remastered version with full frequency content will be released. I'm gonna but, say no. Yeah, I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say that they heard that controversy and then they were like, 
I, I what, what? <laughs> yeah, what, what soundtrack did we put out? <laughs> Rise of Cobra, is this a real movie? <laughs> what did this so what, funny. Oh, now I am curious. What did this movie make? Did it it must have made his money back if it if it got a sequel. Um yeah. box office was uh 302.5 million budget was 175 million so yeah it made, made it back wow really high budget yep yeah but isn't uh, isn't the thing with blockbusters like it's double or yeah it has to like make double well, um or they lost money well they made they made a scooby-doo sequel like live action sequel despite the original one getting poor fan and critical response they still made a second one because the first yeah, one made so much money made so much yeah i know but if this one i think that number makes a lot of sense to me of, of like making money but just barely or just mer- barely not making money and then going okay we'll do a second one with as i said dramatically lower budget mm-hmm. and see what happens and with bigger mm-hmm. stars think, at the time or i guess just uh dwayne the rock i don't know i think the rock was kind of on his way up at that point oh really and he's like i'll, I'll lead this sure well, I don't think he would do that now. I guess he does whatever. True. He, he does whatever garbage, but I don't know. It seems beneath him now. Yeah. I just I just found a new fun list on Wikipedia. What is it? List of films featuring powered exoskeletons. <laughs> <laughs> um the very <laughs> the very last thing on this list is the wrong trousers, the Wallace and Gromit. Oh wow. That is an exoskeleton? <laughs> It's, it's the, the wrong trousers. trousers, Adam. They've gone wrong. <laughs> Sorry, I, that was that was like from the from the GI Joe. Uh, what is this called? Rise of the Rise Cobra. Of Cobra. Wow. Wikipedia page. I love Wallace, Wallace and Gromit. Gromit. Wrong trousers. Actual masterpiece. Actually, one of the great animated short films. I say knowing nothing, but it's definitely my favorite one. I think we should head on over to the Wacomedia. I'm glad we went to the official Samwack and. I heard that it's not mixed properly. <laughs> That's so funny. That's so weird. Okay. I've never heard that. <laughs> That's amazing. They definitely didn't even listen to it when they put it. Like they, <laughs> they pressed a hundred CDs and then they were like, "Yeah, whatever. I don't know. Whatever. We don't need to listen to it back." No buying this. Who cares? I want to know. I want to know why. Who bought? I want to know why they were even like, "Yeah, this needs a s- official soundtrack release." <laughs> Who bought it and complained? And then who put that in the Wikipedia? <laughs> I did not fact check this Wikipedia. This could be a false. I could be telling everybody false things, but I think that's incredibly funny if true. It'd be very specific thing to make up. I'm going to vandalize the page of G.I. Joe Rise of Cobra and say that the codec yeah. on the official soundtrack was wrong. Well, that would probably get a, get a, get a rise out of someone get a gi joe the rise out of someone get a gi joe the rise of cobra out of let's go to the wagometer get a gi <laughs> you're shut down adam <laughs> wait, anyway, wait i didn't figure it um, out yet i didn't figure it out yet it's good because you have to I'm hear the gonna... process sometimes you have to hear the process of getting to a really good joke sometimes so it's good we should actually maybe we can workshop it what could i do differently next time when i tell that joke I think maybe you should not include G.I. Joe Rise of Cobra in your jokes. Okay. So if I were to tell that <laughs> no joke, No one's going to know what you're talking about. I would just say maybe that would... Out of someone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, perfect. 
<laughs> all right. Okay. All right. Nara? Um, I'm going to... I guess I'll give this film a... a th I don't even know if I can call it a film. I guess I'll call this thing... A, like... I guess I'll give it a three out of five. Like... Because, like, it does just have all of the, like, hallmarks of an action, blockbuster action film, but it just does it in the worst way possible. Um, and it's... So it's, like, a little bit whack, and maybe it's not that whack? Yeah, I take yeah. it down. I'm gonna say it's a 2.5. I, I rescind 0.5. It's a 2.5. It's just, like, a little bit whack that I'm like, how could you get this formula so wrong in so many ways? Um, and also just the casting is crazy and all these little bits of information that are coming out about it are crazy <laughs> about how like Channing Tatum did not want to do it and how the soundtrack was exported poorly. <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that it is like so specifically about Christopher Eccleston getting revenge on the French. <laughs> Ridiculous. Um, so yeah, so it's a, like... It's like a bit whack, so I'm giving it a two point five. Honestly, for me, it's like a one. Like, wow. I guess, I guess it's kind of surprising that it's this like incompetent <laughs> and like, uh, unpleasant. I guess not even unpleasant. What's happening? Just like technically, <laughs> like it hurts your head to look at. Um, and the cast I think is is very interesting, but. It's. I'm surprised we managed to stretch this episode for so long. It's such an uninteresting movie. <laughs> oh, this is a great episode. Yeah, I think it's a great episode. Best episode uh, ever. I'm gonna give it a two. Uh, all right. For all the reasons already stated, I this kind of movie just. I can't even be upset about it. <laughs> it doesn't even do any like. You know, I said this off the top, like. I expected it. It I expected that it would be functional enough, but like bad military propaganda. I can't even be mad about it because I don't even think it does that. It's just like a really <laughs> unfunctional movie. That what like, is it? Just, yeah, it's not good. I. But hey, thanks for bringing it in, Seb. It did make for a great episode. So. Yeah, thank you, Seb. We learned so much about how Pepsi has some. Um, rides yeah mm -hmm. i think i think it's good when there's kind of an uninteresting movie because we go on these weird tangents yeah we mess around um yeah i think it's interesting like it's non-functional as propaganda because the gi joes aren't cool yeah yeah exactly it doesn't even it doesn't even succeed at being propaganda the joes? The you don't want to be one of the joes <laughs> i will say maybe that I makes this movie read... amazing actually it's actually uh, an anti-war <laughs> film because uh, you look at Recruiting it and you're like, went down. I don't want anything to do with that. <laughs> I don't want anything to do with that shit. <laughs> I, w I will say I would love to be Dr. Mindbender, though. I would love to be a Mindbender. <laughs> Dr. Mindbender, a hilarious performance by Kevin J. O'Connor, who's also in the Mummy movies. Everyone who's in this. Wait, the guy's movie. name is Kevin J. O'Connor? Yeah, he's the guy in Widows in the wheelchair. Start to notice oh, it. Wow, because there's a there's a NBA analyst named Kevin O'Connor. Same name, but just this guy's got a J. <laughs> hey, what do you guys? That's so, how do you, what do you guys think that the Raptors should do at the trade deadline? Uh, trade Kevin O'Connor for character actor Kevin J. <laughs> yesterday, I agree. yesterday the Raptors uh, were playing the Houston Rockets. The Houston mm -hmm. Rockets had lost twenty games in a row, 
And then Did they, they win? They beat the Raptors, yeah. I so think it's nice tough, to help somebody. Tough time for the Raptors. They've lost their last nine games. It's not looking good. I, I, I think the Raptors should um, do a team bonding exercise so they play better together. It's a good idea. Yeah, but I think it was nice of them to help the Rockets out of that streak. That is true. Like, that is true. It would have been mean to win. It I think. Nice. I think true. maybe the the Raptors are just super accommodating i don't think they they're not in it to win it they're yeah. in it to, to make have sure a nice time have a good they're time. in it for what else do you play basketball for get some Fun. exercise in yeah. take care yeah. of your body and your mind they, exactly. you can't take care of your mind if you are beating people constantly and making other people feel bad about themselves it's the self-care team you yes. don't want to be running all around the court you're gonna hurt yourself it's a great point the way i see it they won a championship they won a championship two years ago that's good. If they don't win a Perfect. game for the next five years, who cares? They won a championship. <laughs> they gotta share the. They gotta <laughs> share the game. glory. If they lost every single game for the next five years, <laughs> I mean, as a fan of the team, I wouldn't even care. Won a championship. I think. No. Who cares? Relax, think... boys. We went to the. We went to a parade. No one's ever. Well, I guess they're actually still having parades, uh, <laughs> which is very irresponsible. But. We got to go to a parade safely. Were you about to say no one's ever been to a parade? No, I was going to say no one's going to, no other NBA champions are going to have parades for a little bit. But that's not true because all the teams in all the major professional sports leagues in North America, uh, all the winning teams did have parades and it was very irresponsible. Anyway, what's our score? Um, our score is coming in at the incredibly high score of 1.83. Wow. 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 <laughs> and similar to the Raptors, I don't want to upset anyone but me in movies that get high scores. You know? The guest was an outlier, mm-hmm. but, you know, for the rest of my series, I want to make you, all of you, look good. Well, I Thank appreciate you. that. And That's actually, my role you know on this what? Team. We just need a metric so we can tell what's really whack. Well, and here's the thing. We're at the end of our Whack in the Box miniseries. So this is the last we got one. some business. We got some business real quick to do. So we had eight films and in this series. We had eight films in this series. We're gonna go from eighth to first to say who took home we did eight? the golden controller. Yeah, I kinda yeah, like this eight. I kinda guess. like we should keep doing it like that. We could do like all of Lots ours of and then we'll have a, we'll have like three guests a series. I think that's good. We had eight for the last for Chris at Whack as well, I believe. Oh my god, perfect. Anyway. It's what who was it? I was last night I was talking to yeah, Daniel and Ryan and Kaylee and Daniel's like, "Oh, you're still going on that theme?" And Ryan was, "Yeah, <laughs> they go in hard on their themes." And I was like, "Yeah, we do." Hell yeah. I guess. Hell yeah. And the audience loves it. Um, <laughs> should we do shout-outs before we announce this? Yeah. I want to shout out Izzy for watching this. I'm sorry that you had to watch it. It was a rare moment of unity, though, that AC, me, Nara, and Adam all gave this movie two stars. <laughs> Actually, AC might have given it. I two gotta and be half. honest. I think AC gave soul. it. I think AC gave it two and a half. But hey, well, they're kind of so. You know what? AC's just so nice. AC's like the Raptors of rating the GI <laughs> Joe movie. <laughs> um. Shout out to Fergus because the other day Fergus was talking about Dune. Oh yeah. Um <laughs> and said that he re-listened to that episode. So nice. Hell yeah. 
Shout out. He was on it, but it still counts. <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah, he was re-listening to the episode he was on. But hey. Um, shout out to Hannah for listening to all the episodes that she's in. Shout out. Um, good night, Ryan. Oh, shout good out, night, Ryan. Ryan. Good night, Ryan. Um, shout out Tessa. I was talking to Tessa today, and she was saying she was listening. What? Oh, Tessa, we have yeah. to have you on the pod. I didn't know you were listening. I think I showed out Tessa a little while ago. Oh, wow. Well, oh, oh, oh. My bad. I have um, potentially a good shout out. My friend Ricardo from Vancouver Film School. Hell yeah. Commented on a video I wrote on YouTube and said, hey, can I show this to a, a lecture that I'm doing? To Whoa. The of the lecture. Whoa. Or show a clip, clip of it. And he's like, is there anything I can plug? And I said, my podcast, is it whack? Oh, yeah. He said, you have a new listener. Whoa. So Ricardo, oh, my God, we have a new listener. If you made it wow. this far. Ricardo. <laughs> somehow. Ricardo, you also, should come on the somehow. pod, too. Y'all remember, y'all remember a couple couple episodes ago when I was like, Ryan told me about a friend that he has that found the podcast organically, but I did not know their name, so I just said shout out to all of Ryan's friends. Yes, I, I yes. found I found out the name of the friend, and the friend's name is Matt or Matthew. Oh, shout out Matt um, or Matthew. Hi Matt. Thanks, and how Matt. did how did Matt or Matthew find it? You said it was like on I, a blog. I I yeah I don't know. Um, Ryan is gonna find out more details for me. <laughs> cool. So. <laughs> This is an intense mission to find out. The how... ten worst podcasts to <laughs> Yeah. Obviously. Not brighten up your day. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh, I don't know who else listens to this. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. And without further ado, in eighth place in our Whack in the Box series, G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra. <laughs> Unfortunately. So, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But you know That's okay. This was a great I series. Took, I, this was I a great took series. Hella whack, didn't I? Yeah. Uh, wait. The fans remember? Yeah, I think didn't you I? did take Halloween. We didn't. I took to... one, didn't I? You took. I think it was Hall. I don't know if it was Halloween. I took two or three. I took Chris at Whack. That was my first one. We got to keep record of nice. the ones people have won. We only I started it was the guest. It probably was. We only started doing the spreadsheet recently, so we don't have record of it. But unless it was stream, I swear I took one. It wasn't. Maybe the guest was just a high. A high point and I, got excited. I think you did take one. Yeah, I remember I you taking one is. for sure. Oh, you took Southwack Land Tales. Southland oh, right. Tales. Southland Tales. <laughs> I always, Southwack Land Tales was the name of the episode. Great name. Great name. I, if I do say so. I just remember I took it for hackers. Mm, mm, I, mm. I yes. think. Great well flick. deserved. Great flick. Okay. Hacker, literally the best movie ever. In seventh place. The Smash Brothers. Isn't it tied? No. What? No, no. The okay. Smash Brothers. With a 2.66. Woo! And then, yeah. uh, sixth and fifth place. Oh, thanks for coming on, Luke, by the way, for that episode. Six, Shout out, Luke. Sixth and fifth place is a tie. Ocean's 13, Nara's pick. Nice. Great flick. And Nerve, Hannah's I want to be on that so bad. I was listening to that episode so many times, I want to chime in. Um, do you want to give your thoughts now? I told you you should um, recorded you should have recorded an intro that could have played. I know. I feel same, like you though. also knew all of the like old Hollywood references that none of us. I did. I wanted to talk about Frank Sinatra. I got mad that you were calling an obscure character named Livingston Irving. I, I had so many thoughts. What? What is Livingston? It was Irving. Irving. Oh, whatever. I don't even remember. What are you I'm talking? So about? sorry. No, there's a character called Livingston who Nara referred to as Irving. I'm so oh. sorry. <laughs> but it doesn't matter. <laughs> Uh, in fourth place. Did you say cut that out? Yeah, I'm just... I'm no, you can keep I'm, that in. I'm just keeping it. I'm just keeping it. Okay, I'm going to keep it in. I'm going to slow it down. 
in fourth place. Pretty whack. 3.5. Funke's pick. Phenomena. Oh, man. Yeah. Does that not win? Well, well. <laughs> well. I still have mental scoring. Well, third place. Well. Adam's pick. Unfortunately, I got the bronze this time, but hey. Nothing to scoff at it. The eight movie series. Nothing to scoff at. Nothing to scoff at. That's pretty good. 3.9 yeah. was my pick. Super Mario Bros. I'll accept that. You know I'll what? Accept that. That's pretty good. Pretty, pretty, whack. Whack. pretty whack. That's pretty whack. And then this one, number two, which would take home most series with a score of 4.3. That's a high <laughs> whack score. That would, win, high, yeah. that would win most high. series. Was uh, Tim's pick, Tim Blair, guest. Thanks for coming on, Tim. Small Soldiers. Great episode. Small Soldiers. Great movie. Great episode, Woo! great movie. Nara, I bet you wish you were on that one. Um, I guess, yeah. I was supposed <laughs> to be on it, but I had work. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, I mean, hey, we're all busy here. We all got busy lives. As evidenced by two of two of our co-hosts aren't on today, <laughs> well, it happens. It happens. It's a fun rotating cast these days. Yeah, I kind of. It's that's it's, why it's, it's good. A very different group each time. Each yeah, time. I kind of like the, the you know, there's five of us, and every episode is a bit of a different energy, and then we bring on guests. So it's yeah, a, I think it's good. I think it's cool. Um, but anyway, in first place, it was I'm trying to uh, remember what. Oh well, you weren't on this episode, so that might be why you forget it. Right. I did listen. Guest, David Silva. Ah, with a score yes. of 4.69, I believe the second highest score ever on. Ever, yeah, I think so. Was The uh, only movie Digimon. more confusing than this one. <laughs> Literally, so good. David Silva, send us your mailing address and we will ship you a present prize. Yeah, we'll ship you a golden controller. David, if you're listening, because you are one of three people who's listened to every episode... Four, maybe. You could send us a victory statement. We'll play. We'll play it at the next episode. Well, send your demands. Send anything. We'll do anything you want. <laughs> um, yeah. Tell us what episodes we should just unpublish and you think are bad that nobody should ever listen to, and we will take them down. Send a manifesto. Yeah. You know what? You know you, you can, want to. You can take over this podcast. We'll all leave. You can be the new leader. It can be your podcast now. <laughs> Uh, and that's, I agree. And so that's been our, uh, whack in the box series about games and toys. It was a great fun one. It was a fun one. And next week we're moving on to our next mini series, which we haven't named yet, but it's going to be about movies, uh, that are about or involve parties. I I have some potential picks. You got got some potential names. I, I got like three. I got three in mind right now. Throw them out there. Um, go. Uh, the oh, duck. I thought you meant names for the series. Oh, no, I but meant no, for but movies. please still, still. Oh, for, for names for the series? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. If any audience members want to uh, chime in, if you're still listening at this point, send us a send us your yeah, name for the series. Ideas. Oh, I was just thinking, uh, yeah, I just have movie ideas. There's so go. many. No, please tell us. I would love to watch Go. It's Go, um, or Nowhere. Oh, yeah. Or. The all these one title That's films the or the Rocky film, right? Oh, Rocky, okay. yeah. Or um, get ready for this two title film, Rave Macbeth. I've never <laughs> heard of that. <laughs> I have never heard of it either. Macbeth. Rave Macbeth. Um, that is was produced like it's a German made produ- and produced film, but it is in English. Um, and it is Macbeth, but at a rave. And oh. I've never seen it, 
I just found it the other day when I was looking up rave films, and Rave Macbeth <laughs> is one of them. Directed so. by Klaus Nosel. Those are those are my three picks. It probably won't be Rave Macbeth. I just hey, want to watch cool that pick. at some point. I'm glad I know that exists now. Yeah. There's also a Midsummer's Night rave. Very eh. big. <laughs> doesn't doesn't catch Macbeth. Rave Macbeth. <laughs> um, <laughs> and also to start off our series, we're gonna have uh, our friends from Real Asians Backstory Podcast. Aram and Woo! Kelly. Uh, we don't know which movie yet. I'm going to email them after this to set that up. Well, Khan and I were on Backstory, and um, they threw out some titles. There was one, oh, its name I can't remember, that was a Takeshi Miike movie. That sounded really cool. Yes. And the other one was a Elvis Beach Party movie called Clam Bake. That, oh those God. were the ones they were... Uh, yeah, I well, love it sounded pretty awesome. And Elvis and movies. listen to that episode of Backstory to hear a bit more about Insomniac from from your old pal Seb and and Khan. Yeah, listen to the your whole listen to a bunch of episodes of Backstory podcast. It's a good podcast. Great podcast. Great. I will listen. I've, I've, I've never listened. I mean, amazing podcast. Yeah, the podcast is incredible. It's one of the greatest podcasts of all time. It's one of the best works of art created by human beings. <laughs> Oh my god! As opposed to by dogs. Yeah, it's and it's better than all of those too. It's just one of the greatest works of art ever, except for maybe the ones created by nature, like sunsets. Uh, thanks to Emma Kudlack for the logo. Thanks to Ian Mills for the music. Go to at Insomniac Fest on Instagram, Insomniac underscore Fest on Twitter to learn more about us. Go to InsomniacFestival dot com where you can also watch. Insomniac the movie, movie and play Insomniac the movie Insomniac the game the game which is both which are both really good two of the greatest yes. works of any what did you say any thought that any, anyone's any, ever had in any the, human any humans ever had two of the best inventions by human yeah beings, two of the best yeah. creations by human beings Those, I mean you can't beat yeah. sunsets but let's not get hyperbolic yeah <laughs> Those two and backstory podcast. That's pretty much, pretty Those much are the, the top, top three. three. Those yeah. are the top three things yeah. for sure. And then is it wax? Top three a little, human made things. A little things. lower on the list, but you know it's still high I th- up there. Yeah. I think is makes <laughs> top seven. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Um. Anyway, yeah, that's that's just do all that and uh, come back next week and spend some more time with us and uh, Aram and Kelly from. Backstory. Woo! And uh, as the movie ends, I think it ends uh, just as uh, our episode begun with the song. All right, I'm just lathering up my lips. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta get, get. Gotta get, 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 get. Adam, this is so good, bravo. You're amazing. I agree. (laughs) Certified cool. Mom, get out. I'm doing a podcast.